Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being back with us here as we kick off Season 19. It is episode number 181, and the summer is here. It is Monday, June the 22nd, 2020. We hope you're all doing alright out there as we romp you through another week in the world of retro wrestling. As always, I'm Joe Murata. I'm still joined by the one and only Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy diddy. Well, Quinn, we are back. We're back. We we were invaded last week yes. by Sean Mooney and company. Yeah, yeah invaded. Yeah, it, by a very Scottish Lord Alfred Hayes. We, we went to space. They <laughs> left them on a planet so yeah. that we never have to deal with them again. That's right. And folks, if you didn't check that out, that's our Invasion 92 live review from last week. Uh, but we are back now for episode number 181, and we are going to be romping you through some incredibly retro wrestling topics. But before we get to any of that... If you have a Twitter and you want to follow us there, you can do that. That's at OVP Podcast on Twitter. We have a lot of clips. Uh, if you want clips, Quinn, we have the clips. Clippy. <laughs> Clippy clip-y. all the way. Clippy Don't City. Don't forget him. <laughs> Over there on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can also email the show if you want to at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, there's a really good place uh, where you can talk to you and me and hundreds upon hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics. Where is that? Over at Facebook.com slash PlaceFace. <laughs> yeah, PlaceFace. It's, it's a place. It's the place to be, really. Yeah, it really is. Um, and over at Facebook.com slash PlaceFace. FacePlace. <laughs> yes, FacePlace. Face Faceplate? Faceplate. Anyway, over at that site, yes, that one. Um, there's a search bar. Mm. You type our vantage point, dash, retro wrestling podcast, bing, bang, boom, tubes, gore, kafui, and you hit the group button and you're in. That's it. You just join it. Yep. But and there's rules. Well, there, yeah, there's always rules. That's the thing. Now, we try to limit the rules. So here's the one rule if you want to join our Facebook group. Don't be what, Quinn? A dingus. Don't be a dingus. There's no. It's a no dingus zone. We don't um, do that. Now, if you don't know what a dingus is, you probably have a relative on Facebook that's a dingus. Don't emulate them. What The whole point of our Facebook discussion group is that we talk about the retro wrestling. A little current, too, if you want to, and newsworthy items. But we talk about old stuff. You, you can talk about the inane, the important, the trivial, whatever you want. The number one rule is just don't be a dingus, meaning don't be a jerk to each other. You can disagree all you want. Just no personal attacks and things of that nature. None of that. None of that. We don't uh, like it. We, we don't, and no one really does. No, it's, uh, it's mean. It, it's not very nice. So if you want to just talk about retro wrestling in a fun environment, you can head on over to the Facebook group. It is free, uh, and you can just join it and don't be a dingus. And also, we do have a Patreon. Uh, if you want to support OVP, the best way to do that is to go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. What we do is we have monthly pay-per-view reviews of WWF events out right now is WrestleMania 6, and coming out for July is SummerSlam 1990, and that stretches all the way back to WrestleMania, the first one from 85. It's a really good deal. We'll have a little bit more info later, but if you want to support us, it is patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Now, Quinn, it's a new season. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. New. Ah, yes. It's new. It's new. And you know what that means, right? Yes. It means we have a new opening segment. I know. Now, (laughs) (laughs) you do know that. I'm aware. That's awesome. So, basically, folks... What Quinn and I are going to do this season to open the show every week, you know, we were thinking a lot about 
how in the course of retro wrestling's history, mm-hmm. sometimes a new face will crop up. Now, maybe it's a brand new guy who is making his debut entirely in wrestling in the World Wrestling Federation. or New world- to the ring <laughs> <Yeah>. or whatever <laughs> right. Joe Barbecue says. Joe Barbecue. Or in World Championship Wrestling or the NWA. Yep. Or maybe it's someone that was established uh, regionally in a territory and now is trying to make the big time. It's an up-and-comer, if you will. A young up-and-comer, a hot prospect, a blue chipper. But sometimes these up-and-comers, you know, they don't quite work out. So we have a segment for you called The Up-and-Comers That Never Came. Wow. So, <laughs> so incredible. Very elaborate there. Yeah. Who are we talking about today to really typecast the season here to really get it rolling? Who do we well, got? Let's start with Mac Rivera. Mac Rivera, get on down here. Yeah, he's getting it. Come on, young man. Welcome, young man. <laughs> You've made it. Weighing 231 pounds, here is Mac Rivera. Mac Rivera, Jose Luis Rivera, if you watched. The World Wrestling Federation, pretty much anywhere between 1982 and like 1990, you saw this guy on the weekly television. Oh, he's on <laughs> absolutely everything. Yes. Every week, every match. He very rarely wins, does young Mac, but... There, How did he ever? He did, okay. and we'll get to that. But the reason I think we wanted to start with him, Quinn, is because he really exemplifies what we're going for here, which is this perennial... Up and comer, you know, this youngster they're, that's got a good shot. They're, they're always like, yeah, he's really talented. Right. He's, he's really making progress. We're never going to fire him for some reason. <laughs> right. Like, it's just like, he's, he's like our, like, farm league or something. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, when Hulk Hogan goes down, it's going to be Mac Rivera. That's like, right. That's, that's what they're planning for. Mac Rivera has been coming along quite nicely here these last few months. So let's get a little background on Mac Rivera. His actual name is Marcelino Rivera Alessia. He was allegedly born on August 6, 1960. What do you mean by allegedly? The only reason I say allegedly is because he actually did wrestle in the Worldwide Wrestling Federation okay, mm-hmm. in 1975, which if you use a little math, that would make him 15. What? Well, so, it's a, not like we haven't seen that before. That's true. <laughs> like, let's, be, let's be absolutely honest here. He wrestled in the Worldwide Wrestling Federation as the Red Demon. So if you've ever seen the Red Demon poking around in the late 70s, there that is. is Jose Luis Rivera, a mass wrestler, a very up and coming. Yeah. And then he went to Puerto Rico and he wrestled out where, elsewhere. But his long WWF tenure started in 1982. Right. And Quinn, I know that you <laughs> love kind of the unraveling of Mac Rivera of 82, 83. Yes, yes. So again, you can see this unravel on our uh, Patreon 82, 83 tier. Cheap plug. But. Basically, Mac comes in like early 82, pretty much like yeah. the beginning of the year, like January, February yeah, or early something 82. like that. And here he is, smiley. Yep. Young he, up and comer. Yeah, he's already <laughs> now to this ring. <laughs> yeah. Making his debut in this arena. Yeah, up in Mac Rivera, right? Here he is. So he comes in. Hot and, potential. Yeah, for I want to say a good six-ish months, would you say? He's kind of like every week he's just like. I'm almost going to get it. Yeah. Like, he's always happy when he gets there. Oh, yeah. And, and you're like, yeah, Mac, okay. Oh, like, yeah. Mac's going to do it, right? <laughs> yep. Little Mac. Down goes Mac Rivera. And then there's this turn, right? Now, he gets a little pudgier, and he starts to kind of ha- have, like, a goatee going on. Yeah, a little, a little wispy beard. Right. And you can literally see this young up-and-comer all fiery-eyed, and he, now he's kind of, like, disillusioned. 
Yeah, well, things aren't going his way. He's not right. winning matches. You know, <laughs> well, he hasn't won one match he, at he all. He has not. He cannot get his arms around the competition in the World Wrestling right. Federation. So he he starts joining forces with the likes of like Tony Colon and sure. like Jose Estrada. Uh, Jose Estrada. Sometimes Johnny Rods. Sometimes Johnny Rods. And yes. he and he becomes a heel. And then he <laughs> gets then he gets the leopard print jacket <laughs> and does the Olay every week and he's kind of like amazing now but he's but still he's, not winning but he's disillusioned right, right. And he, sometimes he's a heel sometimes he's a face which is like always the thing with the jobbers back then yeah with the nondescript like, jobbers so what about this guy joe why did they not go with him or why did they pick him in the first place to clearly obviously be somebody they cared about that they would employ him this long. You know what I mean? Because he's like, the one aspect I would say is he's very big, but he's not like fat. No, he's, you know? he's probably like 6'3". Yeah, right? he's, he's a pretty huge. tall guy. Yeah. The reason, folks, before you just start thinking, oh, McRaver is a jobber, he's a jobber. What sets him apart from a lot of the jobbers of the time, and I'm talking your Israel Matias and your yeah. Jeff Craneys, right? <laughs> and people yeah. like that. And even later, like your Tim McNeenies, you know, in the 90s, is that they didn't treat him like a jobber. They treated Nacrovera as actual competition. It just so happens that he very rarely won. Right. So I think the point there is that that was a role that they wanted to fill. And maybe as they looked at him, they're like, oh, maybe he can, you know, maybe he's able to, uh, to get a win here and there. Maybe right. we can develop him. There's something. clearly like something there with him, right? There is. Well, he no- one thing about him, he doesn't fuck up, right? In the ring, I mean, That's he true. takes bumps really well, which is like the number one thing a jobber yeah. is there to do. You can see just in his style that he's a guy that clearly wants to be something at some point. He's not just like <laughs> he's not just a Paul Fisher, you know, <laughs> oh, like, yeah, a, right. like we reviewed the other week. Right? <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? He's not like a just some guy. You know, one match and you never see him again. And you never see him again. Right. He's on a lot of weekly TV. For years. For years. That's the thing. So he stays in the WWF on almost a weekly basis on television, right? And by the end of 83 is when he becomes uh, Jose Luis. Now, I want to talk about that. I don't like this because Mac Rivera, we knew our our Mac. Why did they do this (laughs) Do you think that was like a downgrade going to Jose Luis? I think it's a little (laughs) downgrade. You too? Because I think it sounds better, more proper. Here is Jose Luis Rivera. From that point on, when he's Jose Luis, I'm more used to seeing him at some dirty, like, Toronto show with the Tunnies or, you know, like, in the first match. like Or Boston. Is he on? I mean, we'll know later if he's on Superstars more than we remember. I know he was on he's Superstars on it, and yeah, stuff. And but like, Yeah, but just more as, as weekly as he used to be. He's not as weekly, but he's definitely a house show guy. Yeah. He's definitely on a lot of house shows. Now, what's really great is he sticks it out, right? And by the end of 87... After having been a shadow, by the way, which right. remember the shadows, that the team, shadows, yes, they were the precursor essentially to the conquistadors. Now, right, so I this is this a, is the highlight of Max this WWF is, okay, tenure. Okay, so this is where I wonder if people like I know maybe amongst our fans, people know that that's Mac Rivera, but you know, amongst the general fan populace, did they care enough to know? <laughs> who the conquistadors were like under the mask like did anybody give a shit you know i didn't even give that much of a shit until more recently because i was like wow jose estrada jose estrada was the other conquistador right he was still there as late as like 88 89 right yeah you know max former faction yes remember over there yeah (laughs) now the conquistadors folks were pretty much used as a job or tag team now if you've ever if you've never seen them they're the guys in the completely gold suits that very rarely win 
And their highest achievement, which I love, is they make it all the way to the end of the big 20-man uh, Survivor Series yes, 88 it's tag. it's their big moment. <laughs> um, they make it like they make it past demolition. They do because they, of Fuji and the, the Fuji on the thing, right, and they're like literally the only team left at the end. And the powers of pain and the powers of pain, and, and one I, of them's jumping up and down, like, yeah, yeah we're gonna they win, did it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh my god, they're gonna win Survivor Series, right? And there were teams in there like the Heart Foundation and the British Bulldogs yes, and the Rouge. But the Conquistadors <laughs> survived. They and, conquered. Yes, they they survive and they go to the end and they sadly get beaten. But it's kind of like, why did they even do that? Like, if you really think about it, because. I would have preferred if the powers of pain like ran off with Fuji and the conquistadors stand tall at the end. Right, right. Like, that would have been awesome. It would have been funnier. <laughs> Just if like, they won like by count out. They won by count out. Like, yeah, that's the, but that is like literally the height of the conquistadors. On pay per view, they is. make it to the final two teams in yep. the tag team survivor series. You know, Gorilla, I'm never going to take a bet on any odds you give because here's the conquistadors right here in the finals. And I heard you made some horrible football bets today, too. And then what becomes of Jose Luis is that they they still linger around as the conquistadors and sometimes wrestling as singles. And Jose was usually conquistador number one. Estrada leaves around eighty nine ninety, and Jose uh, phases out by ninety one. He actually briefly goes to WCW as what? the Angel. And <laughs> it's, it's was he real. part of the the the, the great jobber staff at no, WCW? I don't believe he was on TV. Oh. Now, the one thing about Jose Luis Rivera is, if you're a fan of Puerto Rican wrestling, World Wrestling Council, and things like that, he was a much bigger name there. Was uh, he now? He was. I would love to see those matches. To be honest with I you, I would too. He was back there for the uh, early '90s. He actually won the Caribbean Championship in 1994. Caribbean champion. Yes. He did. Oh. He won it. Uh, I believe he lost it to that youngster Carlos Colon oh. shortly thereafter. That's stupid, <laughs> of course. Max Book, been up and coming for so damn long. <laughs> this was a moment. And I know. And he retired in 1994. But then he came back in like 2006 mm-hmm. and just had like another short run as Sultan Jose Luis Rivera. There you go. <laughs> so, but he is the king. So I just wanted to give him a little props that yes, he did have success a little bit, you know, elsewhere. But we're talking, you know, here in the U.S. and in the big promotions. The highest thing he did, yes, was probably the Conquistadors. But I wanted to give you a list of some notable wins that he had as Jose or Mac. There we go. So his actual first Mac Rivera win, Quinn, was on March. 20th 1983 whoa at msg he defeated baron mikel sakuna Well, that's the sad victory for the first victory because Baron, you know, always trying to get his his money for the castle, the Maltese castle, nobody the Maltese must. government, and all their tax situations over there. <laughs> he also had a win against the Duke in May of '83 at MSG. This, Duke Doherty. '83 was a hot year for Mac. How about when he defeated Sika by DQ in Linden High School in New Jersey? <laughs> Everyone in Linden will remember that day. How about when he defeated Ken Jugan on All Star in 1983? Well, Ken Jugan, we've seen him. He stinks. <laughs> he stinks. <laughs> he thinks he's good, though. How about when Jose Luis Rivera defeated Butcher Vachon at the Cap Center now that's in Maryland? A, okay, that's a huge win. You never the, know what can go down at the Cap Center. For the Mac Man. <laughs> I know. That's yeah. a very big win. He also defeated Quinn. You'll appreciate this one in 1984 on Championship. Tony Colon. Oh, fireman's carry. Into the airplane spin. Rivera. Drops him down, covers his man, hooks the leg, and gets him. 
What a series of moves by Rivera. <gasps> Why did they break up? I don't know. Well, they were such big friends. He also had a big win, Quinn. Over Bob Bradley in 1984. Okay, that's. I just want to say this right here. That's that is, a big deal. That is a battle of two young up and comers. Yes, it is. Bo Bradley could definitely <laughs> be his own topic. <laughs> in Philly, in February of '84, he defeated Steve Lombardi on the Prism Network. He beat the the biggest jobber in the industry. See, so a little Brooklyn credibility. Brawler. Yeah. How about this? He had a couple of wins over Frankie Williams. Wow. Yeah. Frankie yeah. Williams. Anybody could beat him. How about this? Charlie Fulton. He defeated him. Charlie yeah. Fulton, like, you know, fake Matt Bourne. Right. You know, he could have... That's another guy. You never know, but... He defeated Israel Matia a couple of times. Israel Matia, he stinks. He... This is a great one. He teamed up with Pete Sanchez <gasps> to defeat Israel Matia and Tony Colon. So, Mac is working his way up in 84. Right. Big face now. He defeats the with, Butcher. I mean, when you're with Pete Sanchez, you know your face. He defeated Mr. X, folks. I mean, let's not sleep on this guy. He defeated Rene Goulet. He defeated Terry Gibbs. So what would you say is Mac Rivera's biggest win? He defeated Iron Mike Sharp in 86. Well, what do you think about that? Eh. No? I mean, Iron Mike Sharp's big run was in 83, <laughs> so it's true. Like he's like nobody by then. Oh, here's his biggest win for sure. <laughs> wow. You're going to like this one. Okay. In Hulk G- Hogan, right? No. In- in- <laughs> yeah, in Montreal. <laughs> yeah. In January of 1988. Yeah. Ready? The Conquistadors uh-huh. defeated the Rougeau brothers. Whoa, that is actually a big win. At the Maple Leaf Garden. <gasps> In Canada? <laughs> yes. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That might be their, their biggest win. Uh, he also defeated Tony Gurria at a house show at Market Tony Square Gurria Arena. Is an <laughs> In the Market Square, too. Yeah, <laughs> and he defeated Sandy Peach. What are we talking? Is that like 88 like by that point? Yeah, because Sandy Peach, he's much later. And he defeated as Conquistador Uno. Lanny Poffo in leap, early 89. Leap? No, he yeah, Leap. Or he is, was it, still is leap. it genius? No, he's Leap. He's Leap. Very Leap. So anyway, folks, that's a couple of wins there for uh, Jose Luis. Quinn, do you think that he could have been anything more than he was? Let's be honest here, considering the roster. So, I think the problem with him was he had no gimmick. And I can't like identify Mac as anything other than just Mac or Jose Luis. Like, he's never... He didn't have charisma. Yeah, well, he did though. The Olay. He didn't say. First of all, he doesn't say Olay. But my point he is, points Olay. My point he doesn't is, even say. There's no Olay. This is a Quinn invention. My point with him though is that you look at him right, especially in those early days in '83. He's a very big man. He's big. You're right. <laughs> he is. But he's got. Unlike the other jobbers, like you just look at him and you're like, this guy seems to have some kind of personality, you know, like the fact that he had a little bit of emotion to the point where you can that I could tell that he just looks disillusioned, even if that's a put on. I think it's a put on, even if it is a put on. And he sold well that. Yeah, I'm just have emotion. He had emotion. Right. And that's why I was like, I just wonder what a management's opinion of him was. Probably that he was, my, my guess, my gut instinct, yeah. that he was reliable, probably made all the dates he was supposed to make. Right. Obviously put anyone over they asked him to. Would Didn't he, hurt anybody. Do you think that there was ever talk of him getting maybe a win, just to, a bigger win, just to see what he was made of? Yeah. You I'm know sh- what I mean? I'm sure that's part of what that winning streak in 84 was, where he right. beat all those guys, was let's try to see if we can bump him up to another tier. And see what that does. Now, I don't know how the fans responded to that. He never really got much of a reaction either way. Yeah. To be fair. You wonder with guys like that, with like Barry Horowitz, for example, right? They yes. gave him that big win in 95, <laughs> but like they gave it to him. They did. You're Even right. Though he kind of was pushed in like 88 or something. He was. Yeah. Like, and elsewhere, he was like yeah. a, more of a star. Yeah. I don't know. With the, some people just have a role to play, right? Right. Now, I could see him 
again, I haven't personally seen it, but I could see him being that guy to defeat some heel that nobody likes. The big fiery babyface comeback. He had right. that in him, yeah, don't you yeah. think? Rivera now sends Doherty in for the ride. And a big backdrop. Rivera with a flying cover. Will he get him? Oh, he hooked the leg and got him. I think that's about it, though. I don't know yeah. that he would have ever been a title contender. Right. I think the reason is is no slight to him other than I don't know how his promo ability was. Never right. heard him talk. And I don't know that he had that much charisma. But the roster throughout the 80s was just so stacked. I mean, what are you really going to do with a guy like Mac? Yeah, it's more just a, a, a curiosity if he could have been like an underneath guy that's you know, like Coco Beware or Tito Santana, like a jobber to the stars in their later careers. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like that kind of guy. Yeah. Like maybe lingered around longer than that. You're saying to do that or right. I'm just saying, you know, yeah. Or even in the late eighties when, you know, he's at his prime, get, get him a couple of big wins. Right. Just to build him a little tag him with somebody that isn't in a mask. (laughs) You know what I mean? Where they're both in masks. I do like that. They gave them like an extended run as the Kankistadors. It's It's like two years. And the fact that Edge and Christian all then called back to it like later on. (laughs) That's the legacy of Mac and Jose right there. (laughs) That's very Edge and Christian to do something like that. It was probably their idea. But yeah, I mean, that's about it on Mac Rivera. He is an up and comer. That as far as the World Wrestling Federation is concerned, he never came, really. No, he, he, ne- he never did. He, he never filled that potential that they, they seem, said he had. They seem to sort of care, which is always going to be the trend with this, right? It's like, exactly. They seem to, like, why is he employed so long? Right. Like, why does he sometimes win? Like, and, you know what I mean? Like, that's... That's that, what we're going for. Yeah. So, folks, we're actually taking suggestions on this one this season. So, if you have any really good ones that you think would make a good conversation, think of an up-and-comer that never came. Let us know either on Twitter, email it to us, or put it on the Facebook group. But that's it for Mac. Let us know what you think of Mac. Could he have done more, or was he perfectly utilized Mm -hmm. in the position that he was? Uh, But, Quinn, when we come back, we are kicking off a brand new Royal Rankings and Royal Flush. And this one is all about the talkers of wrestling. That's right. The 10 best promo guys in wrestling. That will be coming up right after this. His name is Jose Luis Rivera, and I'd like, I'd like to bring him out now. You know, we've had a couple, we have a couple club fighters, and all of a sudden I've seen you, and you know, I've seen you wrestle, and I think your wrestling's kind of... I've never seen you box, mind you. I've never seen you box. What makes you think that you're going to stand a chance against Boxing Bob? I think I could take Bob Gordon any time. Wait, wait, let me get this thing. You think you can take Bob Gordon any time. What makes you... What makes you think? Where do you come from? You know, I come from Puerto Rico. You know that. Is that part of America? It is part of America. And for some reason, you figure that you're going to... Do you think you're going to make a reputation for yourself? Is that what you think? You're going to watch and see. Well, I'm going to watch and see. You see, what you know, you realize now that you are going to have to, right from here, go inside the ring and fight right now. You realize you got no more time to train. Huh? I know, and you're going to see inside that queer circle. What you men can do with me in there? I'll be there. Go ahead. You want me to go first? Lady Fur, anyway. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. 
And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for being with us here. It is episode number 181 here on Monday, June the 22nd, 2020. Quinn is still here. Hi. Hi, Michael. Yeah, hi. Now, Quinn, you do know this, as far as I understand, that we have a Patreon. Yeah, we have it. We do have it. Now, why do we have it, though? You see, we have all this content that right. we like to um, make for you, the fans. Yes. There's all these tiers and stuff, and you can get that content signing up for those tiers. That's it, and you won't shed any tiers because yeah. we have very low prices. It's yes. very it's very inexpensive. Bargain basement. <laughs> It's like Goodwill. Yeah, we're basically the Goodwill. Digital Goodwill. Digital Goodwill over at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. What you can do if you want to support OVP or if you don't even care about supporting us, you just want to hear more stuff. Right. You go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We have a $2, a $3, and a $5 tier there. And this is what's on there. $5, like we mentioned, the pay-per-view reviews. Those are a big attraction. People seem to like them. Uh, WrestleMania 6, which is out now, that's like a four-and-a-half-hour review. It's huge. It's massive. It will it will survive a month if you listen yeah. to it um, casually. A little bit every day or something like yeah. that. And if, you, uh, if you're if you interested in what we think and just going through the old WWF pay-per-views, we stretch, like we said, all the way back to the first WrestleMania and next month coming out is SummerSlam 90. So it's been a fun time over there. That's just for $5 a month. That's not a week, not a day, a month, okay? Then on the $3 tier, you get our bi-weekly 1983 live reviews. That's where we're going through WWF Championship Wrestling in video and audio yes, form. you too can become an expert on Mac Rivera. There you go. See? Very good tie-in there, Michael. Yeah. And uh, we also have the free ones from 82. Some of the older ones come out uh, bi-weekly as well on our YouTube channel and also on this podcast feed. If you want to get a taste of them, get a taste. Oldies but goodies. Oldies but goodies. And then on the $2 tier, we, we still take care of you there. You get to see the raw video of every single Monday episode, which includes the one that we're making right now. This is what we call the shirt tier. Shirt tier, um, shirt we, cannon. Yeah, we, we have shirts and we want to show them to you. Yes. But also, you're going to get a back archive of content. You're going to get the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley extras. There's like a dozen of those. And there's over 30 of the OVP commentaries. That's on the $2 tier. So again... If you've been listening for a while, maybe you've been thinking about signing up. I encourage you to give it a shot if you want to get some extra stuff. You can do that. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. If you decide it's not worth it, you can cancel. Yeah, it's okay. We're not offended. No commitment. No commitment. If you just want to try it out, try it out. If not, we're just thankful that you're listening. And especially that you're listening now as we kick off the new Royal Rankings and Royal Flush for the season. So I guess we should explain what is that. Yeah. What, what is Royal Rank? <laughs> what is that? It's a thing we made What up. is Royal Rank? What, what is, is Royal Rank? Well, what we do is before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of your 10 best of something and your 10 worst of something. Now, last season, we did WWF Tag Team Champions. Uh, there was no chicanery involved. I don't know what this Not rumor is going on. But, but I didn't even know about these rumors. What are you talking you, about? You're missing nothing. Don't okay. worry about it. Okay. Meltzer started it or something. Oh, I see. And and that jerk. That jerk. And our good friend of the show, Joe Merkel, he takes all the votes that you guys submit. He compiles them into two separate tanks. There's one for the best and one for the worst. And what we do is each week, we pull out two names with a random drawing, and it really is random, and then we rank them. So by the end of the season, what you're going to have is the definitive, scientifically proven, accurate, socially acceptable, non-GMO, organic, USDA certified, and healthy, best and worst for this season. Talkers in wrestling. Talkers. Now, in wrestling, they talk. They, they talk a lot. <laughs> yes. um, they talk too much, really. You <laughs> talk. Um, <laughs> But, and, and they do it all the time, and there's people that are good, and there's people that are bad. Very well said. And Glenn. we're going to find out who 
the hell is the best. That's right. Now, this is a very, very hot topic here because talking has been a part of wrestling for decades upon decades, right? And the whole point of talking uh, used to be, anyway, I don't know what it is now, but it used to be to build a character and to build to a match with the ultimate goal of selling tickets or selling a pay-per-view. Putting the butts in the seats. Putting the butts in the seats. And some guys, like you said, Quinn, are really good at that. And some guys, maybe not so good. Now, we have to go down, Quinn, to... Howard Finkel, okay? Yeah, the Fink knows. The Fink knows. Let's go down to Howard Finkel to kick off the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. Double A's on the scene now, baby. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. You do not throw rocks at a man who's got a machine gun. Undertaker, you come on down. Die, die, die. And all that stupid crap over and over and over again. My shoes cost more than your house. I admit I don't look like the athlete of the day supposed to look. Wallowing in the muck of avarice. It is the Royal Rankings of Talkers in Wrestling. Quinn, this is going to be... This is going to be a big one, I think. It's, it's going to be tough. It's a big one. It's, it's going to be a big one. I think it's going to be the toughest science we've ever had to do. Yeah, we have to upgrade our equipment and everything. We're going to need, like, electron microscopes oh for this. Folks. Like, I don't know. Like, th- this is this is some advanced, like, DNA testing. It's, it's going to be RNA, even. Yeah, RNA. <laughs> All kinds of A. Uh, I want to mention something, folks, here. Just to make the criteria clear for when we did the voting, we are not talking about managers here, and the reason for that is we already did a Royal Rankings, um, Royal Flush of Managers, and the primary thing that a manager is supposed to do is talk right. and get their person over. So the way we did it is it's mainly someone that mainly wrestled. So Bobby Heenan, although he was a wrestler, yes. he was primarily a manager, so he was disqualified from the voting. Does that make sense? Yes. Whereas a Teddy DiBias, yes, he managed, but he was but primarily, he was primarily a, a wrestler. I mean, let's not count that <laughs> yeah. million-dollar corporation exactly. shit. So just in case you're wondering why maybe a certain name doesn't show up, they might not have uh, made the cut there. So I should also mention, if you're new to the show, Quinn and I do not vote. We simply rank. So the 10 names that are going to be on each list here, these are the ones submitted by you, the fans. They're fans. Fed to us. They're fed to us. We are here to put them in the petri dish, put them under right. the microscope. We're in the science cage, and yep. they just feed us the, <laughs> the, the, the meat. Sure. Science cage. Science meat. Yeah. So, science <laughs> meat with science cage. So why don't we go down now to our fans as they count us down <laughs> to find out Science, science zoo. Science meat. Yeah. Let's find out who drew <laughs> number one. You know, if, if I was pissed off before, I'm a lot more pissed off now. That makes me even more dangerous, not a liability, and that's the bottom line. You got anything else you want to say? No, sir. Then get the hell out. Wow. What a way to kick it off. Stone wow. Cold Steve Austin. Amazing. That is... Uh, there he is. That's a heavy hand to that's start things hitter, off. a heavy if you will. Yep, and he got a lot of votes. Uh, it's a lot of science meat. It's a lot of science meat. Now, unsurprisingly, because Steve Austin is one of the most uh, entertaining, captivating talkers that there was in wrestling in the mm-hmm. 90s and into the 2000s. Right. And what's great about him is it seemed like no one really knew that he was that capable of that until ECW, really. 
I mean, so... He was okay in WCW. WCW, the problem with him in WCW, as far as his talking was concerned, is there was always, like, Colonel Parker or, like, Paul Heyman or, like, one of these guys just babbling in front of him. Yep. And he'd just be like, I'm good. Like, you know what (laughs) I mean? Same voice and everything. The only time time he kind of maybe stood out was, like, if he had him and Brian Pillman in the Hollywood Blondes. So maybe there was, like, an inkling of potential there. Or at the very least, like, companies like ECW and WWF hiring him afterwards were like, oh, well, you know, he seemed capable of talking in front of a screen on a mic (laughs) before this. How stupid are you guys? You said this is our last shot. We don't need but one more shot. Yeah, the Hollywood Blondes was probably the best he was showcased as far as his charisma mm-hmm. and his talking ability. Now he hosts a podcast. He's just <laughs> Mr. Talk. He is Mr. Talk. You don't even see his face anymore. No, you don't even need to. You yeah. just hear that voice. But when he went to ECW very briefly, as we all know, the Paul Heyman story that, uh, oh, I'm pissed off. I have a television show. Uh, you, know, you have a yeah. grievance? That whole yeah, thing. exactly. And he does these parodies of Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff, and everyone's like, oh, that's so funny. You know, that's why you're wrong, me, Joey, because Steve Austin doesn't have what it takes to get it done in the ECW. Then he goes to WWF. He signs in December 95 as the ringmaster. And they put him with, coincidentally, Ted DiBiase. Yes, Ted DiBiase, who's in the biggest rut of his entire (laughs) career with the Million Dollar Corporation. Just horrible. They sucked. Yeah. I'm sorry. So here's the thing is that after Mr. DiBiase, after that whole, like, Sid left, everyone left, they're like, this stinks. We don't like this. (laughs) DiBiase is like, I found Million Dollar Champ, new Million Dollar Champion. I'm going to give him the belt, right? Right. It's like, fuck Virgil. (laughs) Like, we got, we got, I got it back. I got a new champion. I'm retired now. I can give the belt to whoever I want. Yep. And let's give it to Steve Austin. Right. So the ringmaster. The ringmaster. I'm going to call him that. That's yeah. a, a circus leader. It's horrible. <laughs> so this guy who has flashes of uh, a lot of charisma, great in the ring, Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's just not have him talk ever. Right. That's well, a good idea. Well, to be fair, when he came in, um, remember it was on Brother Love? Yeah, remember Brother Love yeah, was randomly back. coming back, right? And he did talk there. He and did. DiBiase is like all cackling, like, ha ha ha, I got, I finally found him. Yeah. I'm really good. I'm yeah. a great wrestler. He's going to be the new Ted DiBiase. <laughs> like, just what we needed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody out there in TV land, I'm going to give you a chance to be somebody. And then, uh, so he's with DiBiase. He changes his name to Stone Cold in March of 96. He feuds at Savio Vega. Great foods. F- feud. Great food. Great yeah, science great. meat. Yeah. <laughs> the best science meat. And then in May, at Beware of Dog 2, because the lights went out two days before. Right, right, right. He defeats Savio Vega, or he loses, excuse me, to Savio Vega in a Caribbean strap match. And that's it for Ted DiBiase. And now Austin is allowed to talk. Great. This is where it explodes. Mm-hmm. As we all know, he has that King of the Ring promo. Right. Which he says a lot of that was off the cuff, and uh, obviously that put him on the map. And this, this to me, is the first time you get to see that that Austin character, what he is, what he's all about. Yes. And, and this is where the grit, just the, the realism the in how he talks. class the, grit, yeah. The, just the, the... Gruff. Just the, like like you said, off the cuff, and you can tell it's off the cuff. Yes. Like, it's just like, this is what came to him, right? Yep. I won the King of the Ring, yep. right? I fought Jake, who's like... He's, he's like into the Bible He was right doing now. the Bible gimmick, and, yep. and, and so Austin's like, I'm going to make like... I'm just going to, you know, say this stuff, you yep. know, because I think he he was quoting the football verse, right? John 316. John, he was using John 316, right? Yep. And he was saying, you know, you say John 316. Yep. I say Austin 316 says, I just whooped your ass. Yes. You sit there and you thump your Bible and you say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your Psalms. Talk about John 316. 
Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Come on, that's not necessary. All he's got to do is go buy him a cheap bottle of Thunderbird and try to dig back some of that courage he had in his prime. Now, despite what WWE Revision will tell you, Austin did not explode right, right after King of the Ring. Next night, there was Austin 316 <laughs> yeah, signs across so. the nation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the next day at Kids Are Us, you could buy t-shirt, <laughs> t-shirt, wrestling t-shirts. Yes, that, of course. That, that, it's real. They oh, did sell them there. That, <laughs> uh, he actually, the booking didn't catch up for about four months after King right. of the Ring. He yeah. was really doing nothing. And then the real showcase of what Austin could do to build a feud mm-hmm. on the mic, to sell a match on the mic, is he was feuding with Bret Hart before Bret Hart even returned. Right. So this is where I think Austin just, he, he just exploded picked, now. He picked up the ball. Yes. And this is where he's like promo building because here's, here's a situation where the, the wrestler isn't there to fight. No. So Austin is just like on TV every week like, Sometimes he's with JR. Yeah. Sometimes they like with put Pillman. Him, sometimes they with Pillman, so he Pillmanizes him. But yep. all these, there's sometimes they're like, remember he's like in a studio and he throws a ladder on some guy <laughs> yeah, or whatever. It's all real. Like, and, but in all these cases, like there's this real grit and like just this, like you get to see like who is the Stone Cold Steve Austin? Like who is this guy? Right? Nobody cares about eight old farts getting a trophy oh. handed to him. And don't you dare sit there like a jackass with a pair of blinders on and ignore Stone Cold. You get me on the camera and do your damn job. And some things kind of crop up is that he is a guy that he's very down to earth. He doesn't like think himself to be like the greatest thing ever. On the other hand, he has this goal of being the best wrestler in the WF, right? right? And, Correct. and that he feels he needs to beat the best to prove that he is the best. And he also is a bit jaded because he feels like he's been held down by the World Wrestling right. Federation. That he, it's mainly that he, ha- he kind of says things like, I haven't been given the opportunity to fight Bret Hart's and Shawn Michaels. Yes. Like, I've been, you know, you, you make me fight Savio Vega all <laughs> right. the time. Like, I don't, I want to fight the best wrestlers to prove that I'm the best. Even if I don't beat them, yep. I, you know, and that, that part comes into play. It but does. Like, the point is, is that you'll see that I am the best wrestler and I, I put the most effort right. out there than any of the wrestlers. And I save your stupid television show and like right, all that yeah. stuff. So he feuds with Bret Hart, as we know. Uh, you put the letter S in front of Hitman and all that stuff. And one of the reasons that few was so hot, besides Brett's end of it, obviously, remember when he was petting his cat or whatever, yeah. is that Austin really sold that feud first and foremost on the mic. And that's right. a big deal when it comes to talking ability. He sold it as like, this is an ingested, like every victory that Brett gets over me, it's there's some reason why, yeah. you know, like, or I came this close, yep. like, and it, it's like, I just need another chance, yep. like that kind of thing. Win, lose, or draw, right. I will always be on your ass. This up and coming attitude, like no, but but, yeah. but but he's actually like he beats everyone else. It's just like he's looking to break through this this glass ceiling almost, right? Of just like the top tier guys, yep. and, and there was just something likable about it and respectable the, about it. His frustration felt like not unjustified, like the way, with the way he talked about it. Yes, you know what I mean. He felt like I am this damn good and I can beat Bret Hart. I can be the world champion. And this is kind of what led to like the the, the way he talked and the way he he walked and the way he did everything led to this like fans slowly falling in love with him yes. basically like they were just like but I want him to like 
you know, like you felt like you were part of this struggle with this him. This movement with him, yes, that, that it's absolutely. like Austin's got to break through. Yep. He's got to get that big win, yep. right? And that's and again, a lot of that is because of what he said and how he said right. it. And it makes WrestleMania 13, it kind of sets the stage for that, right? Right, because at WrestleMania 13, we know what happens. You know, Brett does beat him. Austin passes out. And then their feud continues, but now Austin's a face, right? But Austin's got this one thing he can say after that match, and he says it a lot. Yep. And it's that Brett didn't beat him. Which he didn't. He, well, he did, but he didn't. Austin yeah. never quit. He, ne- he didn't it quit. It was an I quit match. You yep. have to say I quit, and Austin yeah. never said it. He didn't. And he showed grit, just showed like grit. the way he talks. Yep, he backed up what he said. Right. And that's really one of the things that turned him face. Brett, you come out here and you say you tried to be a hero. You tried to be what the people wanted you to be. You are a liar. You are the Judas Priest. You are a complete piece of human trash. So throughout 97, we know he's feuding with the Hart Foundation. That turns into a feud with Owen. We know what happens there. Then the McMahon stuff starts up. He's he's rebelling against authority. He's right. injured. And this is another wave right. of Austin really building himself because he couldn't even wrestle. Right. So here's the thing is that at SummerSlam 97, Owen does the pile driver. Yep. Unfortunate. Um, it, it goes it goes wrong. And, you know, he's injured and he can't. He can't wrestle. But you wouldn't know that because he's on every fucking episode of Raw. Still having stunners. pay-per-view, yep. like beating the shit out of people, talking every week. Yep. You know, I'm going to get my Intercontinental title yep. back. Yeah. I didn't really lose it, blah, blah, blah. Like, and during all of this develops this whole thing with McMahon, yep, right? Which starts because, at MSG. Because it starts where it's like. Fuck Gorilla Monster, he won't <laughs> yeah. give me a title shot, Fuck right? Sergeant Slaughter, then. then. Then it's like, then he's like, I'm going to go up the next rung. Like, yeah. okay, Commissioner Slaughter, because Gorilla's gone or whatever. I like, gotta leave now. Yeah, so now Commissioner Slaughter's like, fuck you. And then, <laughs> like, he cuts all these awesome Fuck promos JR. about, like, you know, like, you know, I don't care if I'm injured, blah, uh-huh. blah, blah, right? Slaughter's like, no. So Austin's like, fuck you. He, yep. he stuns him. Then, like, JR gets involved. Like, <laughs> yeah. Come on, Austin, I like you. Yeah, <laughs> so, and, and I feel like a lot of that, that's when you started to, okay, I feel like JR, his problems with JR was like the buffer to like breaking the realism thing because <laughs> yes. JR's like head of talent relations. Yes. And you're not supposed to know that, but like kind of Austin's like referring to that. Yep. You know what I mean? Like JR's his last line before you get to McMahon. Yeah. Like, but you're not really supposed to know, but you know. But you know, yeah. And, and, and he beats the shit out of JR. Yep. And then like Vince McMahon himself has to step in. Right. I appreciate the fact that you and the World Wrestling Federation care. And I also appreciate the fact that, hell, you can kiss my ass. Through all this, the talking is like all that it is. It's just the talking. That's all there is. There's nothing else. And a stunner. Talking and a stunner is how he stayed over. And that's a testament to his ability. Right. Uh, So as we go through 98, we know there was the Austin McMahon feud for literally all of 98. Right. And McMahon would uh, throw certain people at Austin like Dude Love. That was some really good stuff. Then the Undertaker feud. And then in 99, Austin is still as over as ever. But I want to exemplify. What? Exemplify. What? Throughout all of this is why I really appreciate Austin's promo style is because he never heel face back to heel. He never lost the attitude of that 
really what this is all about to me is that I want to be the best wrestler. He was a very consistent character. As as wacky as he got, at the end of the day, it was, was a face, I yeah. need to beat this guy because I got to prove I'm the best, yep. right? And it never left him. Yep. I agree with you. And that's what I, I love the consistency of the character on the mic. Yep. I totally. That, that's what it's really all about. In at the end of the day. Yep. He briefly uh, had his heel turn, obviously in two thousand one, and flipped his character a bit in the summer, which we all know about, where he uh, he got really silly, and that was also very entertaining. Right. Yep. And then he started the what thing, so we can blame him for that. What? But yeah, overall, you're right. The biggest strengths that he had is he was consistent with his character. Again, towards the end, it got a little goofy. Yeah, but even that, the precipice of that was yeah. like the reason he joined me because he, 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 he was just like, you know what, fuck it. Like, yep. I, I, if I can't beat The Rock yep. and be the best yeah. without McMahon, then what am I doing? Well, my, if my whole goal is to be the best, yep. then I gotta fucking unite with him, even though I hate the guy. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. He stayed consistent, and he stayed over when he couldn't wrestle based on his talking ability. That is what really brought him, that is what made people want to see his matches. Right. Plain and simple. During an era where we really weren't known for wrestling matches in the Attitude Era, I mean, right. truthfully, yeah. the main event scene when Austin was in it, you still wanted to see him kick whosoever ass it was. Right. Whether it was Undertaker, Satan Taker, Mankind, Dude Love, whoever it was. The Rock. The Rock, Bret Hart, a yep. lot of people, whoever. Austin kept himself over and kept his fans engaged by his ability to talk. And let's not forget one other thing. He could also be very funny. Yes. So Austin, yeah, that that was the kind of stuff that came out after the 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 heel turn, right? You know, the Austin character was on such a serious streak of like, you know, it's all about the victory yeah. and I'm going to kick your ass, blah blah blah, right? Yeah. Now, that's not to say he wasn't funny before that. He would like, have quips. There 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 was some funny stuff with like, you know, the, there's the whole like it sucks with oh, yeah. a man on like while well, the British Bulldogs like, like <laughs> yeah. you know, though anytime they would like join Austin in the locker room and he would just really go off real quick on he, the announcers about how they're horrible. He's and, like, always funny, right? He's always funny, but it really stood out when he like joined forces with McMahon and he's like in a locker room with like Kurt Angle <laughs> and like they're using a banjo and like yeah, all this that stupid ass shit and, and like, funny. Yeah, but he he also just had quips, you know, throughout like. 96, 97, 98 yeah. that might have flown a lot under the radar, but when you look back, he was just damn entertaining on the mic. And he's got that stupid raspy voice with 33 third operation. Who really gives a rat's ass about all that? And he is going to be a, a, a contender here. A force to be reckoned with? He is going to be a force. We're going to see who the first number one is, but I think this is about it on Austin. I mean, the bottom line, no pun intended yeah. there, is that he was really consistent, really believable. Right. And very engaging. Right. I mean, it, people wanted to see him. He's a five him. tool. He had catchphrases. He had t-shirt, you right. know, based on his talking. Yeah. You know, all like of that. Everything. And he was like, over because of his talking yeah. uh, to an extent. So that's it for Steve Austin. Let's see who he's going to square off against here on week one. Let's go down to the fans and count down to number two. dare you little jabroni come on to the rock show come on to the people's show come on to the premiere show smackdown it really is random folks we swear do you smell what the rock's cooking i smell it. he's uh, cooking that science meat. yeah so, his science meat so, yeah, speaking of um, oh, talking and, and um even his music just has him talking <laughs> yeah. like, you, you know what i mean yeah oh this is gonna be tough all right this is an easier, easier career to recap. 
When he came in in 96, he was the up the up and comer. Oh, Mr. Up and Comer. But yeah. he came. He did. But man, you ever hear his 96 stuff? They have him playing this very G golly, you know. Yeah. Uh, hi, Kevin Kelly. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. It's, he's just like, well, who is this guy? Plan on making my own name in the World Wrestling Federation. Not getting by on my heritage, but getting by on my unique wrestling style. That was the Rocky Maivia character, and that's all it was. And it, it stunk. It, it stunk. Like it, it did. Really, no, it, I it agree. It was not good. It, it did. It's like this guy is bad. Like you're, you're just like he looks like he's got the like ability to be good. Sure, and the look. Yeah, but besides the hair, why do I care? <laughs> he was just a, a very flat character, right? It's like he he's really was. A sultan. Yeah. Like, like who what, gives a shit? Yeah. Like literally, who cared? Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> no one. I didn't. I the, literally only cared because Jr. said blue chipper that time. So I was like, well, maybe he's good or something. But Miami Hurricanes. Yeah. But seriously, who gave a crap? Yeah. And the fans certainly didn't. They would sometimes boo him or not do anything. Uh, yeah. You know, just nothing. Then he gets injured in May of 97. And that actually turned out to be very fortunate for him because they had to take him off TV for a few months. Good. <laughs> We're done with that. And they had the whole nation of da- nation of dation. Nation, nation of, of dation. Yes. <laughs> nation of domination was going on. And uh, Ahmed had joined it and turned heel, but... He got injured because it, a couple of times a year, Ama gets injured. You know, no big deal. So we have a vacancy in the nation. And who joins it in August of 1997 but The Rock. Rocky Maivia still. And then he cuts his first good promo. Of his whole career. Of his whole fucking it, career. Like, actually, to me, it launches like, okay, who is The Rock What character? is The Rock? Yeah, what is this character? I got three words. Die, Rocky, die. That's the gratitude I get from you pieces of crap for all my blood, my sweat, and my tears. So first, there's a real hint of bitterness. So the right. first couple of months of him in the nation in the, in the late summer, right? Yes. He's pissed because the fans turn their back. So first of all, that's the reason he's angry. Right. We it's have a, motivation it's here. This, it's this character that went from like, he's just decimated internally by this right Right. like that the fans hate him and he's like what did i do wrong i won the intercontinental title i came in i did good and that 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 being decimated turns to anger yes which the nation um, they were angry people they were angry people and this they capitalized on it as a faction and they pick up the rock and they're like this guy's pissed like let's let's have him join us we're pissed about at everything too right you know and so for the first couple months rock kind of played it straight in the nation he wasn't you know trying to be goofy and hamming it up. But then, you know, around the, the later part of 97, yeah. right, he gets his hands, uh, or he gets himself in a feud with Steve Austin. Right. Which is a little good mini feud of, like, late 97. Yes. It's brief, but it's really fun. Mm-hmm. And Austin was the Intercontinental Champion. He had won it back from Owen at Survivor Series. And The Rock <laughs> is awarded the title in December because Vince is like, Austin's not allowed to wrestle or did something wrong. Whatever it was. Did a stunner yeah. on a truck. I forget. Uh, who knows? <laughs> and so Austin just has to give it up, and Vince gives it to The Rock. So now The Rock develops, Quinn, the people's champion character. Yes. So this is my, one of my favorite parts about The Rock during this heel phase, and what a lot of people tend to forget, right? Like, he's known today as the people's champion right. and the people's eyebrow and the yeah, people's, people's this and the people's that that was not meant to denote that he was like a big face no! or something like ever like the whole point of it was the rock was this vince mcmahon gave him the belt <laughs> he didn't and win it he didn't win it and and like he was a big heel and everyone fucking hated him <laughs> right die rocky die and right. all this rocky stuff sucks and like he was sticking it in their face and saying 
oh yeah i'm the people's champion <laughs> everybody loves me like you know what i mean like and like it was like ironically yes. like you know what i mean because he never cleanly defended it. it was always some fuck finish against shamrock or whoever yeah yeah the people's champion and as we all know the best damn intercontinental champion there ever was and you know what hey 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 with all due respect the champ is talking but what was genius about it is because we're entering the attitude era talking and and trying to get matches over by talking is a really important thing because the matches were getting shorter and there was right. a lot more it stuff wasn't really going about on. the matches no. they, they didn't have the time for that with right. like commercials with wcw and all this <laughs> right. shit and yeah. all the stuff they were doing in the ratings wars is this is how the rock got himself over first as a big heel mm-hmm. because he just started wearing stupid shirts thinking right. he was like hot shit now that's the, this is the next part of the character that developed through the talking yes was that you start to figure out that wait a second the rock like he thinks like he's the great one <laughs> he thinks that he is the best wrestler to ever happen even though he's only the intercontinental champion he's like no he's like just a guy in that the he nation didn't win yeah that he didn't win <laughs> This character seems to be absolutely unaware of, like, anything, like, under him. <laughs> yeah, like, right. like, that he is just, like, that he truly is the right. greatest Intercontinental right. Champion of all time. And that he's, you know, maybe he's better than the WF Champion. Right. Like, he's just, he thinks, he's totally on this, like, weird plane of existence, like, in his brain. <laughs> like, he's not aware of it's, anything other than his own greatness. It's like, perfect. Just yeah. self-centered, arrogant jerk ass, right. right? And he starts to usurp Farouk as the leader of the nation and starts to steal the spotlight, literally yeah. hamming it up in Only promos. Only because Farouk's, like, in his... Farouk's fucking of, focused, yeah, man. I, what is. I mean to say is that only because the, Farouk's in his orbit, the Rock character mm-hmm. thinks like, "Well, I'm better than that guy," <laughs> like you know. But he doesn't. Again, he doesn't know anything that's going on around him. Right. He like, just thinks he's the best thing ever. Right, yeah. He doesn't know who the headbangers are. Yeah. Right? Exactly. <laughs> he's just there to win and Which think will he's the feed best. Into some another catchphrase yeah. later, it, but it will. Yeah. So as '98 rolls on, the Rock becomes so good at this character. This arrogant and kind of funny sometimes right just ironically funny Talks intentionally in the third funny person starts talking in the third person calls himself the rock that becomes his name yeah smell what i'm cooking that starts in 98 that the fans start to cheer by the right. summer of 98 the rock is gonna take his big right hand he's gonna raise the people's eyebrow he's gonna lay the smack down on your candy ass if you smell what the rock is cooking because yeah. it's just so outlandish. The like people's that, elbow. Yeah. Right. It's just entertaining. And he like, what's weird is he slowly becomes the people's champion. Like, uh, yeah. like even though he he wasn't like, it's we it's like totally opposite. Right. Like, so, by, yeah, that's a great point, Quinn. So by it's right around SummerSlam. The Rock has been so good in his feud. Remember the big DX Nation feud, which I actually think is very right. good he's, in terms of wrestling. He's feuding with Triple H. Yeah. And Xbox feuding with D-Lo. There's a lot yeah. of stuff going on. And Triple H finally beats the fucking guy clean in a ladder match at MSG, right? Right. But then, like, the next night and the week's gone, everyone's cheering The Rock because they're like, hell yeah, this guy was good. The Rock was good. Now he actually, like, is the people's champion. Like, it it, it was like a self-fulfilling prophecy or something, right? He just kept saying it so much that people were like, yeah, Yeah, I do like The Rock. He is the people's champion. So as he heads into, like, the fall of 98... He has never officially said, I'm a face now, but the nation has disbanded, and I think even Mark Henry and D'Lo turned on him or something. So The Rock is like a default face now, going in the Survivor Series. Yes. We have a vacant title. 
And we know the story there, right, with the Deadly Games tournament, right. where mm-hmm. Mankind seems to be the, the chosen, the chosen one. one by Vince, right? right? He's got the suit on right. with the loafers and all this, and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he makes it to the finals with The Rock, and then you look back at the booking, and you're like, wait a second, The Rock had an even easier road here yeah, to the finals. Yeah, it's, it's always like... Big boss man like fats his way <laughs> yeah. out and like it's beaten in two seconds right. and like all these weird things happening. Like always the rock is in these like really short matches, <laughs> yeah. even compared to mankind. Even compared to mankind. And then in the finals, obviously, the rock, with Vince McMahon's help, screws mankind, puts him in the horrible sharpshooter. You know, the rock could never do a sharpshooter. Right. And the rock is now not the people's champion anymore. Yeah. He's now the corporate the champion. The corporate champion. So he turned and, heel without turning face officially, which is genius. Right, which is Okay, which is interesting because then you look back and you're like, wait, was The Rock really on our side all along? Like, was right. he just in he it for He never said he was. Was he in it for himself? He never was said he, he was always on the in cahoots with Vince? And right. it was just kind of like, we just don't want to tell anyone uh-huh. so that they don't, nobody fucks with him in <laughs> right. a deadly game, right? right. Like, right. you know what I mean? Just on the DL. Like. Right. <laughs> so, folks, well, again, we, we can't recap every single feud here when we do these guys, but the, the talking is a primary of reason for these face turns and heel turns here, right, which yeah. is why we're covering them. So as 99 rolls on now, The Rock wearing the shirt, looking like an idiot, and the pants, remember? Oh, right, because the boob surgery. <laughs> the boob surgery. Yeah. Uh, he's feuding with Mankind. He loses the title of Mankind. He wins back back and forth, I, right? I want to say this whole 99 year for him, yes. right, um, in general. This, to me, is like the development of like mainstream rock. Yep. Like, yep. You know what That's I mean? That's where I was like, going. It's like this the, the rock that you probably think of first. Not the 97 Rock. No, or no, or stuff. even 98. Yeah. 99 Rock, where he's feeding with Mankind, they, they're they both great on the mic, so their promos right. versus each other are both equally really good, right? And everyone kind of is into this random Rock-Mankind feud that kind of cropped up out of nowhere, and then it becomes Rock-Austin as we head into WrestleMania mm-hmm. 15, Austin wanting to get his belt back. In the fallout of Rock losing... He gets booted from the corporation around April of 99 or leaves, whatever it is. Right. And the fans are ready to cheer him again. And that is where The Rock, that would carry 2000 without Austin, yeah. that's where he really starts because... This he, is like Rock final form, though, at this point, This right? is the final formed Rock, yeah, besides Hollywood. The talker, The Rock. Yeah. Because now he's got catchphrases out the ass, right? We've already got Smell the Rock is cooking, but now we've got Rudy Poo candy ass. Yep. We've got turning things sideways and shoving them straight up asses. We've got, who the hell are you? Who in the blue hell are you yeah, sometimes? Blue, sometimes, <laughs> right. sometimes blue hell. Right, we've got finally The Rock has come back. Yeah. Once SmackDown started, which was named after The Rock lay yeah. in the SmackDown, by the way. The SmackDown Hotel. <laughs> yeah, the, know, your old, Drive, know Your Roll Boulevard, Boulevard all right. that shit. Just all these off-the-cuff things that the Rock was just coming up with shit and trying it. And if it worked, he'd keep using it, right? Right, right. It doesn't matter what your name is. Right. Doing impressions of wrestlers. This all started with the 99 face turn. Right. And also, like, this is what I think is so unique about The Rock's promo style over anybody else. He's so animated comparatively. Like, the thing that distinguishes him, let's just say against Austin, for example, right? Yeah, well, we're going to be doing that soon right, anyway. It's not about grit with The Rock. His promos are like going around a campfire and being like absorbed into a story right it's just okay it's totally like it's more like dusty roads or something right where it's like this weird, very charismatic like it, it's this weird like he just sucks you in and yes. it's captivating all and, eyes like, on him all eyes on him and there was to, no one like him right you know what i mean like on top of like the great talking he would like mix it up with the mannerisms uh-huh. and the looks and, and the, the stuff he wore in the stuff he wore and like everything was just part of this package that was a rock promo yep you know what i mean and the other thing about him is he also was very consistent he was always a jerk 
even when he was a face, like he was never nice. Right. And, and, Not and a nice it's, person. It's like I was trying to say is the character lived in this this fantasy land. Yeah. Like even when he was like a big face and <laughs> he was like still a just, dick. even when he comes back now, it's still that, a dick. I know like people get annoyed. This is the funniest thing to me, right? When people say, Oh, the rock comes back and he's putting down everyone, right? It's like he always did that. I know. Like, that's like literally the like it wouldn't be you'd be like, who the fuck is this guy if he's like putting everyone over? True. Like you'd be like, that's not the rock. No, that's true. He doesn't put people over. That's but that's kind of the point. Like, yes, that's what he does. Yeah. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Right. But that's what he does. Yeah. Now, and besides his cocaine fueled promos of like '03, you made your decision. That's fine. That's fine. But why? Why do you boo the Rock? Why? Why? Because because the Rock uh, he went ahead and he sold out. Was that it? Other than that, yeah, he's pretty much been the same. Juvenile a little bit. We're gonna get into when we do the rankings. He, he the insults and the, it's very juvenile. And like Cena made that right. even worse. And then when they yeah. feuded, it was really. A lot of juvenile, like, schoolyard but again, stuff. again, that's all Rock that's later. developed in 99, and it's the same yeah. consistent thing. But he did have some good serious stuff. I mean, his stuff with Triple H in 2000 was really good. Yeah. Again, remember, there's no Austin during this. Which means The Rock is going to King of the Ring. Which means The Rock is going to beat Triple H's candy ass and walk out WWF champion. And I'll admit, I always laugh when he makes fun of Undertaker, Die, 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 yeah, and, and all that. amazing. I did it for The Rock. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, he was the one that they put uh, Jericho against for Jericho's debut. Right. So that was Who a big Who the hell deal. are you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone knew. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, Rock is another guy, much like Austin, that got himself over based on his personality, based on his charisma, based on his talking. I, I mean, I think The Rock, more than Austin is more remembered for his promos than his wrestling matches. Right. Not to say he didn't have good ones. But I, I think as we get to the ranking which here... Which is... Is it now? I guess we'll it say it's now. It is now. It's now, right? Okay. okay. When we get to the ranking, this is... This, to me, is the deciding factor between the two. It's Very tough. easily. This is tough, tough, though. Because, like, we had so much to say about The Rock, right? There's so much to say... Because his talking is just so involved. It's so, like, there's a lot to it. There's, like, props and looks and <laughs> Tons of catchphrases. I mean, catchphrases. Tons of them. All this shit, right? But the Austin style is more simple and to the point. And basic. And consistent. Now, he did have catchphrases. Yeah. Give me a hell yeah. Right. That's the bottom line. He had a few. Steve but Weiser's. I. Steve Weiser's. The one friend. thing that I think Austin has an advantage is because he's so down to earth, right? Like, you can you can understand his plight of wanting to be the best because of the way he conveys it. Now, what do you think about when he is the best already in 98 and he's a face? Do you think he That's lost I, something? No, this is what I love so much is that the character still acts like he isn't, though. Like, he thinks he isn't. and Because that, that's what leads to WrestleMania 17. Well, ultimately. Right, yeah. is, that, is that as much as he's successful, he's got the WF belt and all this shit. Right. Like, it's still like, he's still not it's like he doesn't think himself to be the best wrestler. Like he's still, I gotta beat the Undertaker well, again. I gotta beat Kane. I gotta beat this guy. I gotta beat Mankind. Like you know what I mean? Like it just it keeps getting. Nothing's ever enough. That's where the line uh, from WrestleMania 17 buildup comes from. I need to beat you, Rock. Right. Exactly. Which is, uh, just that simple line for some reason says so much when you it know the Austin character. It embellishes on the Austin character. It like, really does. Austin already beat The Rock, but he, he, I, need He's beat you, I need to beat you now. Right. Like, He's be beaten him plenty of times. Right. But this is the one that really matters. Yeah. All right. Let's 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 put him head-to-head -head now. Okay? Right. Humor. Not that that's the most important thing, but it's just a factor. It's not... This isn't stand-up comedy that these guys do. 
I think Austin is also very funny. I do too. I, I think I, his humor is funnier than The Rock's. Now, here's the thing is though, I think most of Austin's career isn't about humor, it's, whereas The Rock, <laughs> the majority is. Yes. And and like, honestly, to me, the Austin was actually even funnier than his Kurt Angle ban- oh, yeah, banjo yeah. thing. Like, it was funnier when he would just say things like... Like just, I don't give a damn. Or yeah, like, just you know, off like, the cuff just that stuff. Off the cuff, or, or like, when he would, when McMahon would start to talk, and he'd be like, "Shut up!" Yeah, just yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, it's just a little like cutting, like the I've had enough of this kind right. of attitude, and like just a, I still think it sucks. It's still like yeah. one of the funniest random things right. ever. So I think this. Tell me what you think. Although when I was 13, 14, 15, and The Rock shoving various objects sideways up someone's ass and calling Stephanie a whore or whatever. Yeah. Although that was like, haha. I think Austin's overall insult stuff, like his, you know, his humor, right. I think it holds up better than no, The Rock. That's that's the thing. Is the Rock is uh, of his time talker. It is, and like, so when he does it now, it just doesn't feel right. I mean, as far as a nostalgia act is concerned, it's perfect because it's Great. literally it's like very nostalgic, yeah. right? It's like, and and again, that's why it's so. It's actually I enjoy it personally when the Rock comes back because I don't give a shit if he's like not putting people over. I know, like it's like <laughs> I know, I know, because I was like, I'm like, this is the Rock. This is what he does. That's what he does. Like he did this in '99. Like he didn't put anyone over then. No, why would he put like, anyone never. over now. Like that's because that's not the point of the character, right? Okay, so we have that. Who do you think cut a better serious promo that made you want to see a match? Austin. I think so, 100%. too. 100%. I do. Uh, better serious. I really do. But I think the problem with this one, and this is why it requires the electron microscopes <laughs> and all this, is that... And the science meet. It's really just a matter of, like, who... Like, do you like that style better? Like, you know what I mean? Like, some True. people might say, well, I want my talkers to be funny more than I want them to be serious. And if they can be serious, that's great. But, like... I think the best do both, right? Yeah. I think the best can do both. The best do both, and both these guys do both. And that's why they're both really good right <laughs> but the rocks leans towards the funny and the austin leans more towards the serious but right. both can be serious and both can be funny do you think either man got themselves more over because of their talking than the other or is it like equal um mm, that's tough right or built a few both were really good wrestlers too i don't care what anybody says i think the, the rock good i think the rock is very underrated but in I, the ring. I think his his wrestling caught up to his promos later i think he, yeah. he was better at selling himself on the mic first Right, and Austin was probably a better wrestler before he was a better promo. Well, yeah, I mean, Austin always was... But pre-neck injury, Austin was one of the best in the freaking country. Yeah, he was really good. Really? I mean... But this isn't about the wrestling. No, it's not. That's the thing. See, for me, Quinn, my gut tells me that Austin probably added more to his feuds with what he said than The Rock did. I think The Rock was really good for entertainment on a Monday night. Or Thursday. Or Thursday night. The show named after. Yes. Yes. I think that Austin, while he was obviously very entertaining when he talked, I think that Austin Bret Hart was a very big deal. I think that Austin Michaels in 98 uh, and, you know, Austin McMahon in 98. Don't forget also the Austin Michaels, but they're a tag team. In 97. Yeah. Right. Austin Rock in 97, 98, 99. A lot of that was built on the microphone. Rock, on the other hand, Got himself himself over on the yep. mic, but did it ever? And maybe it did. Did it ever add or help build to a feud the way Austin did? I'm trying to think of examples. Rock Triple H in 2000, maybe. I mean, that mm-hmm. was pretty hot. Yeah, I mean the Rock Mankind feud in '99. That was that was a lot of talking too. Rock 
Austin in 01 was both of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. My gut for some reason on this says that Austin overall is a better uh, it, talker. It, it, it isn't. I, it isn't. It isn't. I, I, yeah, I know. I, I think it's purely a re- preference it's of style. T- I know. I hate and doing you know that, what, you though. Know what the, you know what the thing is? Is that I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't go back and revisit rock promos as much as I do Austin promos. Well, yeah. Um, but I don't know, like, personally, like, if I was to stop everything that I was doing and go revisit some of the best rock promos again, would I be like, uh, you know what, actually, that, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, the Austin, there's a mystique around his, like, promos, so people actually go back and watch them. But the yeah. rock, they were, they were almost, like, disposable because there were so many of them. Like, you know, God, you know there were so many. Like, literally, I remember a day where, like, the Rock would be on SmackDown. Yep. He wouldn't wrestle. There, he would just be with Michael Cole and like make fun of him, and like you never see him for the rest well, of the yeah. show. And you were just like, and it, they gave him like fifteen minutes or something ridiculous, right. you know, like just some in, insane amount of time to just be the Rock and goof around. Yes, and he wouldn't wrestle. Did that a lot with Coach too and Kevin yeah. Kelly and all that. But again, how many times can you insult the same person? I mean, I mean, as a kid, it I, I, I couldn't know. get enough of it. But but objectively, now looking back. Is The Rock more of a uh, charismatic, dynamic, entertaining talker? Probably. Yeah. But is Austin's better for wrestling? Austin's for selling better. tickets? Austin's is better for story. I for think. story, that, yeah. And I think that's what really, like, again, I, I, I love the co- the consistency of his character is what really br- make or breaks it for me. It's right. just the, the idea that, like, everything he says is everything, the, the meaning behind it is that I... I don't think I'm the best and I want to be the best. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that I got to beat this guy because that he's the, just the next guy that's better. Right. right. You know, and, it, and that helps put over his opponents too, because if Austin's taking notice of you, you know why he's taking notice because it's like, that's the guy I got to beat right now to prove I'm the best. I'm kind of glad you said that because that's one strike against the rock. Right. Because the rocks character stuff. Yeah. It's not even against the rock as much yeah, as like, well, no, but uh, what I'm saying is, like, it would be a... The problem is The Rock's character, right? It, yep. would be, it would betray The Rock's character if he were to say, I am... I, I don't think I'm better than this guy, because that's literally, like, against the entire it's Rock It's not even that, though. Ethos. It's If you just degrade your opponent the entire time, then yeah. what the fuck are you beating? Yeah. You're beating someone that you think sucks. But then what's interesting... What if you lose to them? What's? But here's another... to converse that i guess i don't know yeah, converse it to, what is the word for it i to, don't know counter to counter that it means so much more when the rock for example gave props to mankind because the rock doesn't think anyone's as good as him like yeah, you know but, what i mean like but that, so what if he gives props to mankind what does that do i'm just <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> i just mean to say is that the rock's approval means more because the, the character never gives it because the character never gives it but yet. Austin never gives it either it's just yeah. a matter of Austin didn't make his opponent sound like he was the worst thing in the world the yeah. rock kind of did with insult comedy like just fucking triumph the insult dog over I here i know but that, so again, that, that's but, the rock character but that doesn't mean it's better yeah I'm saying Austin. I'm going Austin on I, this. I'm with you, actually, that it's Austin for I think me. So. It's just that I wanted, I just want it to be known that The Rock's character is more the limitation here. Yeah, but it's his, that's his, he's the yeah. one that develops character by talking. But he was written that way, it's my point. Not necessarily. Eh, 
I mean, <laughs> what do you mean? Because it's all based on whatever was given to him back in '97 or whatever when he, when oh, he started wearing he, the shirts and everything. By '99, like, The Rock had enough pull that if he wanted to put someone to over, they're not going to stop him. Are you kidding you me? Think he could have transitioned his character to be more of respect, respect, respect. I'm not even talking to respect. I'm saying if all you do is is belittle your opponent, then you're not really yeah. building heat for a match. You're just making fun of someone. Yeah, and but, Austin was better at making the match more somebody, important. Somebody can make the counter argument that that makes The Rock you. Want, you want to see the guy topple him because he just when he's a face. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, it doesn't work there. Exactly, that's yeah. my point. Yeah. Okay, um, I could understand, and I, w- I would like to hear an actual counter argument, and not just you guys are wrong. Yeah, like, say why? Because I could understand if there's counter arguments for why The Rock could be number one right now above Austin. It's so close. It's so close, this and this is, so is hard. Close, yeah, uh, and I, truthfully, I don't think that either guy is going to wind up as the number one to begin with. No. So we're splitting hairs here. But for this week, Quinn, this is the number one. So, I mean, we have to call it what it is. Folks, let us know what you think because this was a real tough one for us. There's very good points for either guy. Mm-hmm. They're both excellent at what they did on the mic. It really yeah. did get them both over and it got it, it carried TV ratings and a lot of things. So, I mean, it made the WF really popular and sold a lot of t-shirts. And that's kind of the point of talking, yeah. right? Is people want to see more of it yeah and folks we want you to hear more of this so obviously let us know what you think is it austin is it the rock tell us why we're interested in hearing you can do that on twitter at ovp podcast you can join the group or shoot us an email but for now quinn let's congratulate the best talker in wrestling history ever ever Ever. i mean as of right now ever stone cold steve austin and in a very close, like, eat a little piece of science meat behind yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> rock. And those are the only two talkers in the history of That's wrestling. It. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, folks, when we come back, we are reviewing something. Uh, so there's a shotgun, there's a challenge. I'm not really sure what's going on. We'll find it's out. It's in Europe, maybe. It's in Europe, maybe. Possibly. That'll be coming up right after this. Triple H, The Rock says, we seem to have developed a little pattern here. And that pattern is that every single week you come out here and you run your mouth. And every single week you subject all of us to watch you stand in the middle of the ring, grab our microphone, and you say this. Tonight, uh, no, no, I am the game, uh, and in this very ring, uh, for the next 20 minutes, uh, is he constipated? I'm going to be talking, uh, and saying absolutely nothing, uh, Hello wrestling fans, it's Joe here, and while we're on a break, I just wanted to take a moment to shout out three friends of the show, check out The New Day Podcast, hosted by three guys that have actually worked in the actual wrestling business, I'm talking about Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston, and Big E. They're going to bring their unique perspective as fans, but also as people that actually work in the industry, to a very creative and entertaining podcast. 
New Day podcast. And then check out Greetings from Allentown, hosted by one man, Peter Winson. He'll take you on a whimsical journey through retro wrestling's past. It's unique, it's quirky, it's Greetings from Allentown. And finally, if you like your retro wrestling slathered in barbecue sauce, check out Mike Mills and Book in the Territory as they bring you the very best in the Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking about Smoky Mountain and the NWA. It's Book in the Territory. So again, our three friends of the show. The New Day Podcast. Greetings from Allentown and Booking the Territory. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode number 181. Thanks for being with us. Hope you liked the Royal Rankings. Uh, again, let us know, but let us know why. Yes. I like to know why. I, do, I really do like to, to know what you guys think. We do love to know that. We do. So let us know that. Also, uh, before we review something, stop what you're doing right now. Go over to iTunes if you have that, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, uh, leave a review. Leave a review. We'd appreciate that. That's all. It takes a couple of seconds. You can do it, and we'd, we'd like that. Yep. That's all. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Quinn. We are, as we've done for so many years now, we are reviewing something. Yeah, we're doing that. Now, this show is called WWF <sighs> Shotgun challenge so every time every (laughs) fucking time what the hell okay where was this what was this on like what's the lineage i don't understand so shotgun challenge (laughs) grew out of wwf wrestling challenge okay which goes all the way back to all-star wrestling right which so technically this is all-star yes but it isn't maybe (laughs) so so brief history folks all-star wrestling obviously 1971 it started and it went till 1986, and then in September of 86, it became WWF Wrestling Challenge. Now, by that point, that was the B show. What is a B show? So you have your A show, which by that point was Superstars of Wrestling, right? right. And so everyone got that. Everyone got that. If you were if you were going to take WWF programming for your local station, you know, in syndication, you had to take the A first. And if you wanted to, you could add the B. And then if you wanted the C, you had to have the B also. The C was... The C was uh, Spotlight. Yeah, Spotlight right? or WWF Superstars before yeah, that. Yeah, the original Superstars, <laughs> yeah. right? You got the A, <laughs> B, the C, the D. That's the biggest. That was the B show. Now, Challenge ran, obviously, from 86, the original version, until august of 1995 and most notably it was bobby heen and the gorilla monsoon did that show right this is that show this is that show the b show right where not as many feature matches like they were more rare it was mainly just a a bunch of jobber matches and recaps of stuff and promos (laughs) yes but now shotgun okay right that's that's the fucking that's shotgun saturday night yes okay so in august of 95 syndication was not doing well the wwf was not doing as well so they revamped their syndication and all that was left was of challenge was something that they renamed and called WWF Challenge. No wrestling. Welcome to the new fall season here in the World Wrestling Federation. And welcome to WWF Challenge. And it was strictly a recap show. Now this show, I don't know who got it in the U.S. because (laughs) I never got it. We didn't get it here that I know of. We got Shotgun Saturday Night though. We got that. We did get that. But the syndicated challenge did run throughout the rest of 95, throughout 96, okay? And then in January of 97, syndication, they started Shotgun Saturday Night. We all know about that. The first few episodes were from train stations and shit. Right, yeah. And clubs, you know? Yes, I mean, that's, yes. that's what it's known like for. Like weird sports bars in Times Square yeah. that are, like, very themey. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> it had the yellow ropes on the ring, and it was right. a smaller ring. 
blah blah right and some people got that you know you we got it on a ny55 it was I think the coolest here. shit yeah that, that show was like was. really felt like when wow what the hell did i stumble on it's like ecw wwf right. like and that's exactly what they were going for right but the, again the syndication wasn't there wasn't much of a package going on so what they decided to do in march of 97 was take the recap challenge which was like a daytime syndicated show and just use the shotgun footage but have like a daytime like a more family friendly version where what? they would they would jiggle around the match order and they would have different commentary so they would say hi welcome to shotgun yeah. challenge and all that right different announcers so basically they merged the shotgun nighttime version with the recap challenge and thus we have shotgun challenge now it's like some mutated syndicated yes. baby or something like it's weird so regular shotgun saturday night continued but there was also an alternate option called shotgun challenge that by the summer of 97 the challenge was removed and it was just shotgun and then by whenever it was 99 it was renamed jacked and metal for each version which i like those names <laughs> yeah, i know I people know don't do. like them but i, I, I like them, them. I, stupid I, the right. only thing i don't like about them is that they're the same show but you you're not sure and they don't say that <laughs> yeah. like, like i remember there was yes. like a back page in wf magazine somewhere that like said oh jacked in metal you can yeah. get them like yeah. and you're like which one which <laughs> and it would say like maybe this one's on maybe that yeah. one's on we don't know we don't but, even and know. then you wonder like just if you only got one you'd be like but what was on metal or yeah. what was on jacked like yeah. I, don't, I don't know did i miss a match because they didn't tell you it was the same thing with yeah. just different commentary right so anyway this is wwf shotgun challenge when it was still called that and this is going to be from march 29 97 uh so we're right after wrestlemania 13 here quinn a couple of weeks removed mm-hmm. from that incidentally during the whole austin bret hart feud right. and the fallout of that so let's get into the show here folks we don't get to do many of these uh, shotgun challenge there weren't many of them but it is march 29th 1997 and we get the uh you know revolutionary force thunder lightning black intro. and white yes. logo edition black and white version yeah. uh, and this is the european version on sky one just for the record mm-hmm. as kevin kelly hi <laughs> opens with a recap of wrestlemania and he legitimately says wrestlemania the 13th Last Sunday at WrestleMania the 13th, we found out that 13 is not an unlucky number for The Undertaker as dark days fell upon the World Wrestling Federation and a new champion was crowned. He says dark days fell on the WF. Like, that's a good thing. Yeah. Like, he's just like, dark days are here. Great. Yeah. The it's Undertaker like, won. It's dark days. It's like, what? No, what? that's not a good. You don't what? You want dark days. I mean, listen, if The Undertaker won, maybe that's great to you. But you don't call it, like, the dark days, as if, like, that denotes, like, that it's going to be bad. Yeah, I mean, WrestleMania 13 was some pretty dark days. I just feel like they didn't understand the branding of t- Taker's reign here. They the, they never knew how to brand him. Like, I was just like, run. why are they calling it this? Like, it, it, it just makes it sound like, now I don't want to watch WF, because it's the dark days of WF. Exactly, and in a lot of people's minds, it still was. Uh, so, yes, Undertaker won the WWF title in his original attire. Oh, not 91, all that. Yeah. Oh, and a bulldog aren't getting along. Mm-hmm. Plus, Bret Hart has lost his mind and by lost the, his mind lost according his mind. to kevin yeah. over here and by the way the logo is essentially the shotgun logo like that badge but they just have like shotgun challenge plastered over it you notice that <laughs> horrible <laughs> horrible <laughs> and the music too it's very public domain like corporate happy rock it's very peppy yeah, it's, it's like way too happy yeah. for this and we go right to the ring now where Aldo Montoya is entering. Yeah, very bald, very credible. Yeah, he, uh, he does have the just incredible, like, chest hair oh, and bald. Oh, he's, like, turning into him. He, it's how much longer would he even be here? 
They're not much. Oh, offhand, yeah, a few more months, maybe. Yeah. I don't remember, but it's not that much Weird. longer. Yeah. The Aldo Montoya character is so out of place in, like, post-WrestleMania <laughs> yeah. 13 world. Because when did he debut? Like, December 94 or yeah, something? Yeah, it's, like, so long. He's still there? He's not anybody. <laughs> no! Like, it's, like, the Portuguese Man of War. That, he's not doing it. They don't even it. say that anymore. Yeah, they're just like, oh, he's Aldo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there he is. <laughs> so Kevin Kelly is joined today with Ray Rougeau. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I am glad to be here. Well, Kevin, I'm very glad to be here with you this weekend. Lance Wright, by the way, is the ring announcer because of reasons. But this bowl cut. Remember Lance Wright? I don't no remember him at all. What is he, Alex Wright's brother? Because he's got the same hair. <laughs> Lance wrong. Yeah. Uh, basically, Lance Wright had been a WWF intern and like helper backstage. God, that- he looks like just some kid. Now like, that, you know, he you know does, I mean? like, no. He- literally like he's in college right now he, like you know what i mean like he's not like this is just a summer job yeah, or like, something he just doesn't have class tomorrow yeah he was um they, they put him on as a ring announcer sometimes but he was also in ecw he had a stable oh. with like brockus never, never mind brockus was in ecw yeah i don't want to get into it right now i don't even remember right. that look it up folks uh so aldo's opponent is mankind who wanders down the ramp alone without uncle paul and kevin kelly says that yeah it seems like paul bearer now has left Mankind because he's trying to, like, buddy up to The Undertaker. Meanwhile, Ray gets all huffy about Paul being an asshole. <laughs> yeah. He is not good. I do not like him. Like, he should not be doing that with yeah. the new champion. God, Ray on this. I love he that it's so Ray. He's so out of place. I, There's a lot of, like, out of place on this show. It's great. Like, to me, that's the theme of Shotgun Challenge. Out of place. Out of place. <laughs> Paul Bear is a greedy man. The Undertaker is on top of the World Wrestling Federation now, being crowned new champion. We're told that uh, Mankind is now the number one contender. I don't know why. What, who did he beat? <laughs> but no, he beat The Undertaker a long time like ago. six months ago! But the point is, is that he's the only person who's beat Taker. Yeah, so they, they're, they're doing the Rick Rude thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I guess Why is right. Rick Rude the number one contender right. for Ultimate Warrior after he wins the belt? Because he's the only guy to ever beat him. Okay, fair. Yeah. That's fair. That's what they're doing. You're right. That's what it is. Uh, Mike Kyoto's going to be the referee as we get a ceiling shot and get used to this for way too long. Like the seal, like literally in the wall of the arena from I, the top. I, I think I know what this is, and I don't like it. No, it's that, poor. You'll understand in a minute. Yes, you will. Uh, Mankind with stomps in the corner, a bunch of punches there, corner whip, and a boot by Aldo, and then another boot, ceiling cam again. We get way too many of these. Way, way too many. Way, it's like every two seconds for this ma- Just for like this match mainly. Thanks, Sky One. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, Mankind makes his where noise or whatever it is in Aldo's face. As Kevin Kelly is rambling on about, like, anything else. He literally won't stop talking about just other shit. Yeah. Like, he's just like, Stone Cold and, and Mankind. <laughs> the Undertaker. The Undertaker. And Nation Ra- of Domination. And like, Ray's like, Mankind is a very deranged individual. <laughs> he is a very deranged individual. Horrible! <laughs> Irish whip by Mick Boot to the gut. Off the ropes with an elbow drop here is Ray says that Bret Hart has been complaining a lot. Well, I mean, of course he doesn't like Bret. They feuded in 89. Oh, yeah, when it's true. The Rougeaus never got their... <laughs> they uh, never they, got their just desserts. Yeah. Uh, he also says that Bret has lost popularity in the United States. Mankind with a tree of woe and then some rocking back and forth as Mick does his crappy tights pulling pile driver. I hate that pile what? driver, by the way. It oh, sucks. I like it. I never thought it was I bad. never liked the pullback on the tight. Pick them up! I don't know. It always looked like it hurt more or something. Because, Why? Because you're like his own body weight's like going into his like head. It just seems horrible. I don't know. Like, maybe I'm maybe I'm old school, but yeah. I like the good old fashioned. You know, pick him up and drop him down. I don't like the stump pulling. It just seems like you're literally crummy. just like falling on your head, which seems horrible it to me. Bush. I don't know. It's just me. Oh well, you can yeah. like it. 
I'm not yeah. going to tell you not to like it. Anyway, Mankind lands a mandible claw here for the win as we go to an extended ceiling shot. And this is where, like, was this not move not allowed in Scandinavia or wherever this was there? <laughs> like, where, like, mandible claw was banned in, like, fucking France or something? It's, like, Why show a match on the family-friendly version that you can't show? Right. They, every time that something sort of weird happens... Like vaguely weird. Yeah, but, it's, yeah, it seems like some weird choice. Like, we're not allowed to show this, but we're allowed to show this. Yeah. Like, they have to, like, go to the ceiling cam. If you have any insight onto the Sky One choices of camera shots, let us know. Send that to Ogden, Utah. I'm thinking, is this like, you know how like they have to be like Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles ah! or whatever, like Teenage because Ninja is not allowed? Like, it's is real. this like that arbitrary kind of, there's just things yeah. in UK you can't say and show or something? Some judge in a powdered wig still like, making yeah, a like, decision, you talking about archaic. You can't show a guy put his finger in somebody's mouth. Like, that was, that was mainly their gripe was the mandible claw. It's very specific provision. That's yeah. right. No fingers in the mouth on yeah. uh, UK television there during the day. Anyway, the happy Mankind people piano music plays but he won't let go of the claw so jack doan jimmy corderas and of course billy silverman <laughs> running out, running out from wcw or ecw or wherever he just a- just got out of awf yeah and uh, then jerry briscoe runs out to help so mankind throws the claw on him as we go to a ceiling shot Gabby, again what the fuck is this <laughs> why but ray has a question do you think he'll be able to do that on the undertaker uh, mick finally <laughs> breaks then yells about how he's all alone Kevin Kelly, oh, this is terrible. The crowd cared about none of this. Oh, they extra don't care because it's Aldo Montoya. Yeah, because like, why would they care? Who cares about Aldo Montoya? It's like we're not we're not attached to him. <laughs> like, see, they never if he were. Did his Undertaker, we'd be like, oh, right. oh no. But like Aldo Aldo Montoya is a fucking jobber. Who gives a shit? <laughs> well, we now throw to Doc in the Slam Jam room. Ah, fuck! <laughs> Damn it! Ah, yeah, the chin. He's all over the place lately. <laughs> like he's on that in your house like thing on NXT. Oh, oh, I know. oh my goodness! Now he's got this slick ponytail. Uh, did what do you think what? of that hair? That's so annoying. Like I, I hate this look at all because you know what it is. You can tell they're like kind of like phasing out the Doc Hendricks character. They are, but if he's Doc. Why doesn't he just be Doc? I, I don't know, like, but he's still hefty and like, well. Yeah, he's still wehehelling. <laughs> like, but his hair doesn't match. But the chin's picture's still there and everything, yeah. which I thought wasn't allowed in <laughs> Europe still... also. But remember, because it... Well, he's uh, pointing to his mouth almost. Yeah. Might I, not be allowed. I don't know why Kevin Kelly, he could not be in the chin room or Ray Rougeau or something. But Sometimes like, he is. Or I'm thinking Ray Rougeau isn't in the the chin room the picture it says wf but like if ray rougeau's in it right but if like kevin kelly or or cole is in that room it's still chin picture like if you notice this ray change it yeah ray is like i don't like this i don't want the picture of the man's chin yeah anyway the doctor hypes up in your house revenge of the taker in april where we're gonna see ahmed johnson taking on first crush then savio and then farouk that in a gauntlet match 100 percent fair <laughs> the most fair match well see here's the thing if Ahmed wins, Quinn, the nation has to disband. Doc then does an awful na 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 na. Hey hey, goodbye. Like he's <sighs> like it's gonna. That's what it's gonna be if he's gone or whatever. Stupid. If he defeats all of the nation of domination, it's na 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 na. Hey hey hey, goodbye. And it Horrible. wasn't. He didn't win. Uh, LOD is also going to be challenging Owen and Bulldog for the tag belts. And of course, we're talking about Mankind and The Undertaker. Please stop. <laughs> we're talking about Mankind against the new World Wrestling Federation champion, The Undertaker. It's so frustrating because he's like clearly like converting to Michael Hayes Jenko pants, but he's like half Doc also. He is. Like, it's, it's horrible. Uh, it's not good. Uh, Undertaker and his hat. 
cut. Remember the fucking hat that he wore? The God, leather the cowboy. Hat? It's horrible. He cut some dumpy ass promo. It's the creature's title. Fuck off, mankind. <laughs> like that's like literally what it is. It's so bad. Who he, are the creatures? Are those those his God- fans? Yeah, but are they specifically the fans that dress up with the makeup? You know who I'm talking the- about? The ones they would be like raw in an aircraft hangar, and somebody would have like <laughs> ghost makeup on. You know what I'm talking about? Those. It's like there they are. The creatures. Oh, look at the fans. Yeah. Like, look at the creatures, and it's like a girl and a guy together. And yeah. They look like Paul Bear or it's something. It's very 1995. Lady Paul Bear. They are creatures, but not all of the creatures are them. Right. Does that make sense? Okay. They are the creatures, but they're not the only creatures. I see. A couple of creatures. Uh, Doc brings up now how Mankind like crappily beat Undertaker at King of the Ring in SummerSlam. By the way, I know they like to harp on that. Neither of those victories were clean. It doesn't like, matter. It was Boiler Room Brawl. Just saying. You just got to get your hand raised, as Gorilla Monsoon says in the Boiler Room Brawl. Go to the pay window. Yeah. Uh, we now throw to the real Double J, Jesse James, crappily. And by that, I mean like he's off key at some points. Singing some Jim Johnston creation country song at the Slammies. This song is hideous compared to like the working hard on the go <laughs> song. Like- There's longing I see in your eyes. A distant longing caught me by surprise. This is, I don't even remember this. What the fuck was this song? I'm not going to like when I don't remember it either. I, I totally forgot until I saw this. They didn't even like use it <laughs> ever again. It was just like at this weird, like, it's catchy. Which Slammies is this now? 97. 97? Yeah. What was that on? Like, USA? That. Yeah. That, nobody remembers the 97 one. I they always think it. of the 96 one. That was <laughs> yeah, my I know. point. Like, I taped the 97 Slammies. <sighs> I, did, I really was did. The, now, was the 97 one the last one they did yeah. until much later, you know, when it was just on Raw or something, like in the 2000s? Did they even do that? Oh, they did, like, later Slammies, but well, it was just, again, Self-aware Slammies? It was just, like, in-between segments Slammies. Oh, uh, like, one of those, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 97 was the last one, but the song actually has a catchy hook. The, 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 the chorus song? is good. Yeah, the chorus is I good. I didn't like it. Baby, something going wrong around this place. Sit down. It's not To the ring now. Where this real Double J, the road dog, the roadie, is taking on Sonny Rogers. Not, not that Sonny. Not, not the Sonny you know. Not that crazy I know lady. you want me. <laughs> yeah, I not don't. that Sonny. I really yeah. don't. Uh, who suspiciously, suspiciously has, like, Jeff Jarrett hair. He is very, <laughs> like, even the tights are, like, 94 Jarrett. <laughs> yeah, they did that on purpose. Yeah, he, he looks like Jeff Jarrett. Because Jarrett is in WCW, clearly. Like, right. still trying to be a horseman, and the, probably. And this is still, for some reason, even though Jarrett is, like nobody in WCW. WF is like still very mad that he left like it's like as if Hulk Hogan left. Yeah, Do you remember this whole phase yes. of them? They're like we are so mad that Jeff Jeff like nobody gave a shit about Jeff. Like, no, but good. He's gone. Great. Like why Why the fuck are you all angry about it? Like got, you know like I just don't get why they were mad about it. They got mad again in 99 when he left and again nobody cared. I don't get Nobody what, cares about Jeff Jarrett. Why does Vince like he loves him. Like and, and and it hurts him it hurts his heart when Jeff Jarrett isn't around. He fired him on Raw when he yeah. bought WCW. Yeah. All because he was mad that he left and everyone was like, Good, he left. Like, you know what I mean? Like I just don't get their at like Vince really must like this guy because remember like when they put him in the Hall of Fame, it seemed like they were very happy about it. Like they were like, We got him. We like, finally we, got we, him we, back. We got him back and he's gonna be with us forever because there's no WCW. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like you you know the only reason for the real double J gimmick in the song is they be- were mad. Yes. They, their butt was hurt about it. They they really like him. 
It's bizarre. As if they had so much invested in the guy and he was going to draw them tons of money. But I know. What, what did he draw? Not even a dime. Not a dime. I just don't care. I, like, I don't care. And I don't know why they care so much. I don't like, know. When, like, he can come and go for all I care. Like, you know what I mean? He can. He can they sp- don't need to make a big deal when he leaves. Like, it's like they were betrayed. Like, but, it's like, Macho it's Man. Said. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, Ray Rougeau talks about how uh, he likes to jump out of airplanes. <laughs> I don't know. What? I like to jump out of airplanes with the parachutes. Meanwhile, Kevin Kelly is referencing George Bush Sr. Seriously, stop. Like, enough. <laughs> Like they're they're these two are annoying. What a weird team! Yeah. I know. Uh, Jack Doan is the ref now. As the announcers decide to put over Steve Austin, Rhodey tosses Rogers to the outside, lands a flying clothesline from the apron, which was nicely done. Ray, unfortunately, now Quinn brings up how the honky tonk man is now looking for the next greatest intercontinental champion or whatever. Oh no, not this! this yeah, so long this angle. It's, it's like seven here? months here. It's not crazy. This is really early. <laughs> it's this so seems too late. In, in essence, you know what I mean? Like, you know. no, doesn't it kind of start when he first comes back in like December of 96? That's what I mean. It's like, I, think I feel it does. like that this was already happening for like four months I at this point. It, isn't that like immediately like he comes back? He's like, hi, hi, Mr. Mac Man, I'm back. Next I like the him. Champion. Yeah, I like him because he sings country music. Like, and I'm, I'm Elvis. It's like, <laughs> he's not Elvis. But he is. No, he's not. I don't know what he is. Pump Handle Slam, which I guess they called the Chart Buster. I didn't know that. <laughs> Double J never That's won. Horrible name. <laughs> he wins. And now the good song plays. Thank goodness. Yeah, at least we like, get to hear that. We don't have to hear that. I'm in well, the Slammy Awards tomorrow. Yeah. Whatever. It's like I'm just gonna call it. I'm in the Slammy Awards. Pearl Jam. Yeah. yeah I'm in the Slammys. Anyway, we go to break and we come back. Where <laughs> Barry Horowitz is somehow still here? The hell? He works here at this point. I guess he's still there. Ninety-seven. Barry Horowitz, that's that's way too deep. I think he's there until the spring or summer. Oh I can't my remember. Goodness. I'm crazy. Uh, but I will say this, Quinn. Did you notice this? He has much better oh, hair. His hair is very good. Because remember, he had the the curly mullet in '95. So, part of me thinks right that he kept that to like for the wrestling. But like when he went to teach school or whatever he did, what? like that he was he was a teacher. Yeah, remember? No. Wasn't he a teacher? No, I don't know. Maybe that was just me thinking the dorky version with the glasses. Yeah, I don't think he was a teacher. Oh, whatever, but like, a part of me thinks he always wanted to cut his hair because just because it's like, it's 1995, like, what the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. it's just, he, he has that air about him, like, oh, I'm just keeping this for, yeah, you know. for because, shits. Yeah, just uh, so nobody forgets who I am. <laughs> but by 97, he doesn't care anymore, no. so he's just like, fuck it, just, I, I gotta off. get like a 90s haircut. And like, he does. What the hell? Yeah. It looks good. Yeah, he looks, he looks younger. He does. I Seriously, uh, his opponent is Crush, uh, accompanied by PG thirteen, Savio Vega, Clarence Mason, and then a bunch of other unnamed people, including D'Lo. Right, D'Lo was part of like the unnamed. Yeah, Farouk isn't here, and that's supposed to matter for some reason. <laughs> this nation stunk. Like the four man stable was so much better. Oh yeah, the one if, with the rock in it. Yeah, from ninety seven. But right? like they didn't need fifty people there. No, and then sometimes the lady nation <laughs> member, like who's she? They like, never ever addressed these other people. <laughs> What? It's like she's no one. I always was wondering, like, who that lady was. It's nobody. I guess they, they just needed people. Uh, but right now, this is so funny. He, he proudly brings up how he called the Chicago Street Fight at WrestleMania in French. He's so jolly about it. I got to see them almost use a kitchen sink. <laughs> so what? They used everything from uh, a fire extinguisher uh, to the kitchen sink. Barry Horowitz, by the way, has no patience for Crush. He immediately attacks him with punches and uppercuts. I love how he's basically like, fuck off, Crush. Like, it's like, enough. It's like I've been here for a while. Like, I know my shit. I've been here since, like, 82. Like, 
Shut up. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. yeah, and honestly, Gwen, not to sound like Bruno here, but Horowitz is in great condition he here. He is. He like, looks awesome. He looks good. <laughs> he like, looks what, really good. What the hell? Like, Crush is the one that looks like a fat asshole. <laughs> it's true. He does. He lends a big shitty boot. Billy Silverman is the ref again as we get a... This I didn't get. We get a ceiling cam for literally no discernible reason. I don't know. I, I no don't idea. know the decision. Maybe I don't Crush care. is outlaw. Yeah, I don't the know. UK. Maybe because he's an ex-con, allegedly. Uh, no, he was. Not even allegedly. He really was. He, he actually was. Yeah. Uh, Crush, was that because of the thing in India? Or why did that happen? Why was he? What did he <laughs> selling something? No, in, in Hawaii. In yeah. Hawaii. He sold firearms and drugs or gotcha. something. Okay. It was both. I don't remember. Uh, but anyway, he goes up top and lands. Yes, all the way up top to land a punch awful it's like fucking hercules it's, yeah, yeah. it's bad he's our he's our hercules of the mid 90s as ray rougeau now calls the nation they are specialists in the kidney area what does that even mean like i, I, I well, like what is he talking about are they talking about how farouk debuted by kicking ahmed in the kidney i thought that's what he meant if that's what it is that's a weird like reference I, like yeah. It's like, oh, they it are is. good at punching you in kidneys. Like, what the fuck is he talking about? That is strange. I, what is that? Why? It doesn't mean anything. An unnecessary modified Vulcan nerve hold by Crush. 90 seconds in here. Yeah, well, <laughs> what is a, why is he modifying uh, it? That's, he puts it in like a different spot. Like, why is he doing a rest hold after like a minute and a half? I don't know. Harwitz fights out, though, but Crush with a headbutt. Nice belly to belly. And then Crush just farts around yelling random crap at the crowd like, any damn time I feel like it. He looks like a trucker he or does. something. Like, Diesel. Big, big daddy Crush. Barry <laughs> <laughs> with a headbutt, but Crush fires back with one of his own. Backbreaker by Crush gets two because he pulls Barry Horowitz up. Please end this. Like, it's <laughs> this is going on far too long. <laughs> Crush tries a vertical suplex. Barry blocks it, though, and lands a DDT to zero reaction. You know what? This is why they used to sweeten the fucking crowds in the late 80s and early yeah. 90s. Because, because this is probably really how it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it probably was. Seriously, because there's nothing here. Uh, Dropkick by Barry, but Crush doesn't go down, so he charges and Crush lands the Tilt-A-Whirl backbreaker. Okay, please. Can we get on with it now? Enough. All right, let's get on with it. Heart punch, and it's all over. <sighs> Great. Good Lord. Crush sucked at this point. The heart he punch? Did. Is he serious? Like, still? That move is hideous. Like it shouldn't. It's one of my most hated. You know that my history on this show. Like that. That move sucks so much. Was it number one on the flush for finishers? I can't remember. But if not, it was. It was close. It was. Yeah. It it's really. It really upset me. Like you, you really. know what? I've heard people say the crush is good. I when? have not seen evidence of that. It never happened. <laughs> He's strong. <laughs> He's terrible. He's got a great look. It's you ever just, see him wrestle, though? It's just, again, it's a guy that they, like, for some reason, they were, Kept like, trying. very invested in, like, it's got to be Crush. Like, like, you know what I mean? seven years. Like, even here, like, the way they present him, it seems like there's still, like, a faint glimmer of hope <laughs> that he's going to be, like, the next Hulk Hogan or well, something. Well, like, Ray and Kevin are like, well, with Farouk out of commission, maybe Crush will be the leader of the nation. <laughs> no. <laughs> just uh, Clarence Mason is or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, let's, uh, let's now recap the Austin and Brett match from WrestleMania. Which is with the stills over like the WrestleMania theme. Yeah, the Jolly Mania theme really doesn't fit yeah. Brett Austin. No. Yeah. There's blood and yeah, shit. Yeah, it's like Ken Shamrock's getting all physical. Yeah. Like, it's just like, what the? Like, this has nothing. This is nothing, nothing. like this music. Then the next night on Raw, Bret Hart cut a promo, and of course you know this one, folks. You'd rather cheer for your heroes like Charles Manson and O.J. Simpson. Nobody glorifies criminal conduct like the Americans do. Mm -hmm. And then Brett says in all the other countries that he goes to around the world, 
they still respect what's right and wrong. And he says it's obvious American wrestling fans don't expect him, but the fact is, he doesn't respect them either. Well, the fact is, I don't respect you. Jerk. I guess I'll root for HBK instead. Well, like, to each his own, I guess. I mean, if you're, if you think about it, if you're like American fan, just like, and you don't, maybe you're like, I like Brett and Sean, right? Yeah. Like, I like both. Well, Brett's like, well, okay. I don't like you. Yeah, so it's like, okay, I'll just be a Shawn Michaels fan. <laughs> it's like, bye. Well, we do actually cut to Sean, who's in the ring now with Brett, trying to be cool, and he's like, yeah, ooh, I'm in no shape to wrestle. Which, you know, it's. Tr- I'll give it to Sean. You know, it's very hard to wrestle when you lose your smile. He had a knee I injury. Sure, he, yeah, uh-huh. The, the, the doctors told him he, he couldn't wrestle uh-huh. again. Which doctor? Doctor, Dr. Um, Pepper. They, what, that guy, Dr. Uh, Dr. Doc, Dr. Knee. The Dr. One, knee? <laughs> that's know, a they, real doctor, no, you know, by but, the way, yeah. that Quinn and I knew about. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> that's a real I, name. What I mean is, what, what's Dr. That, knee. What's that doctor? He's like the James doctor, Andrews. James, yeah, Dr. Andrews. The most famous doctor. He says you can't wrestle. You can't. Okay. And anyway. then if he says yes, you can. Which he <laughs> so later said to he Sean. He later said it. Uh, Sean says that he doesn't obsess about being number one like Brett does. And at this point, I had to stop the video and go cut the irony because it's getting a little too thick. What do you mean? He calls Brett Mark Man and lectures Brett Hart on how anytime someone pays to wrestle, they have the right to che- or pays to watch wrestling, they have the right to cheer and boo anybody they want. That's their right because it's America. <laughs> Hacksaw Sean Michaels over here. <laughs> well, he does have the eyes like him now. Uh, Sean now brings up the First Amendment and how it specifically allows you to have belly button rings and date whoever you want. <laughs> I love that Sean like explains the First Amendment like very like concisely, odd, like oddly. He's very like it says that you can do whatever you want or whatever. Yeah. Like, but <laughs> that's what it says. Yeah, you get it's true. Yeah, uh, and then he says "tough titties," said the kitty, which is just so cool. And he they, is they so o- cool. They oddly blur just the titties part. Well, now. you're not. It's a cuss word. Is it's it crude? In ninety, Quinn. They were saying all sorts of stuff. We're back going then. to ceiling cams during Crush, and That's you're true. thinking that they're not going. Well, I thought they just didn't like the physical aspect. They also don't like the talking. I guess no, either. they don't like either of it. Tough, said the kitty. Anyway, that was on like Pettengill levels of corny. That line, mm-hmm. "tough titties," said the kitty. That's what they. That was the hot. Lingo in 1997. And you like this guy. He was so cool. <laughs> he was the coolest. Uh, Sean tells Brett he's in no shape to go, but hell, if he wants to go, let's go right now. All right. I know. I'm like, okay, Brett versus Sean, like yep. on Raw. Here we go. Here let's we go. Do it. He then says, American, love it or leave it. Meanwhile, JR is thinking about like football. Yeah, saying, what's he still doing in the ring? <laughs> Alabama State. Staring there, just thinking yeah, about other things. Like in the corner of the screen, folks, what we're talking about is you can still see JR from like previously like starting he's the interview. Like, just like, oh. yeah. But you, you're wondering if he's thinking about football or Probably something. Probably is, yeah. yeah. Uh, Brett responds by calling Sean Boy toy in '97, like no one was saying. No that. one, not at all. That was <laughs> not th- a thing that people said about Shawn Michaels then. And he tells Sean to get the hell out of his face. So Sean gets closer and asks, "He's like, yeah, ooh, how'd you know I was in Playgirl? Ha ha." That um, actually gets like a little yeah. smirk out of Brett. Actually, you know how I knew because the WWE fucking promoted it. Well, they did. <laughs> That's but I mean, how. What did Brett like? He saw it on WF and he was like, "Oh, I got to get that." Are you insinuating Bret Hart bought that issue? <laughs> well, I mean, that's did you what, buy that issue? That's what Shawn Michaels did, isn't. I didn't. Okay, I didn't have it. I'm just checking. Just the closest asking. thing I had was that Raw uh, with the DX naked on the cover of Raw magazine <laughs> or whatever that was, like, and the tape. Yeah, I yeah. know what you mean. Uh, Shawn decides to turn his back, so Bret attacks his allegedly injured knee and clamps on the ring post figure for good. What a dick. Good. Speaking of First Amendment here, 
Brett was just expressing his, <laughs> himself freely before No Smile Sean interrupted, so fuck him. They were anyway, both expressing themselves. They let's, were. Let's just leave it at that. Brett expre- expressed himself with a ring post figure four. And <laughs> Sean said, no titties, kitties, or whatever. <laughs> like, the, a lot of expression. Exactly. Uh, a bunch of refs uh, and Jerry Briscoe again storming to break it up. We then clipped to later in the night. <laughs> this is really funny. Where Rocky Maivia, speaking of him, was pinning Leaf Cassidy with a flying body press. The and, goatee version. Yeah, the goatee. And Brett was doing guest commentary. He's like, you know, you want to see how bad I could be? Uh, so he storms the ring for no reason <laughs> to attack The Rock. And the best part of it is, yes. no one ever mentions this, is Al Snow, as Leaf, on his way down the ramp, gives Brett a thumbs up. <laughs> Big thumbs up. Leaf thought it was just so cool. And he's like, look at my goatee. Thumbs up. Like, I love that, like, subtle. Like, he's just like, yeah. good job. Yeah, because he's a heel. <laughs> Yep. Now, that, now they're friends. Yep. Like, <laughs> uh, anyway, cut back to ringside now. <sighs> Where the new Blackjacks enter to absolutely negative zero reaction. <laughs> well, there's a team from 1975, everyone. Like, what? what? <laughs> this this is a horrible throwback. Like, decision. like horrible. Horrible. Dumb. Uh, their opponents are um, R.G. Williams and Rod Bell. <laughs> Some really jobbery jobbers yeah. here. Like, very, very. Way too out of place in 1997. Extremely, like, right? Sonny Rogers, R.G. How did Shotgun Challenge have, like, the monopoly on the jobber market? <laughs> well, it's Challenge, remember? It's All-Star, Quinn. Yeah. It's the same it's show. All connected. They it's connected. All- they're, they're contracted back from the 80s. Yes, yeah, it's the same canon. Yeah. <laughs> Bradshaw and his stupid mustache start with whoever... Billy Silverman's the referee again as Ray Rougeau pontificates about why is, why Brett's upset. And then Kevin Kelly gets all whiny. He's like, the fans can boo or cheer whoever they like. The First Amendment, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bradshaw with a back suplexa on Rod Bell. Wyndham now comes in to continue his shitty WWF career. R.G. <laughs> Williams comes in now, punching abounds. And he looks like Waylon Mercy in leopard print. He like, does. He really... He has the, the hair and yeah, everything. Yeah, he's like, pointy lives face. are gonna be in you my know. cat's hands or whatever. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, Ray calls the headbangers underrated out of nowhere, that right? literally <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> literally. Like, 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 the headbangers are not even involved in this. And the headbangers are underrated! Why? <laughs> Who cares? No. Snaps to play by Wyndham, more punching, Irish whip, and a very suspect dropkick by Wyndham tagged Bradshaw. This is as exciting as when the Blackjacks wrestled on All-Star in like 1975, like a few episodes back. It's, it's like the same. It really is. It's just as interesting. Like, Continuing we, the tradition of the Blackjacks wrestling jobbers, you know? I don't get why WF in general was like so attached to this idea of the Blackjacks. Like, it's horrible. It's not good. It stinks. Like, I... Why did they need to bring it back? This. No one wanted this. Nobody wanted it then. It was like obvious. Remember, like nobody cared. Like on the seventy-five, like wrestling well, challenge or whatever it was. It's a little different, but their championship. Different. Yeah, no one cared. <laughs> Big boot by JBL. Elbow drop. More ceiling cam for no reason. As Kevin Kelly says, the Black Jets are stomping and romping, which Ugh. makes me like them even less. They stink. Uh, tagged to Wyndham off the ropes, flying clothesline. Back suplex by Wyndham. Tagged back to Bradshaw, who lands a lariat for the win. Meanwhile, Kevin Kelly acts like that's the best possible lariat he's ever seen. It's so rough. Yeah. Like, shut shut up. up. Meanwhile, ugh, Jim Cornette oh, storms God. out with like a contract to try to offer the new Blackjacks. Well, it's a team of wrestlers from the 70s, so of course he wants to sign them. <laughs> like, you'll you be good, motherfucker. Now, is Cornette, I, you know, I was just thinking this during, when I was watching it. I was like, yeah. is this some kind of storyline like everyone abandoned Cornette, so now he's like trying to find new people? Because who the fuck does he even manage by this point? No one. Yeah. You're it, right, because Vader's like, fuck you. Is this some weird, like, 
under storyline where like Cornette's been abandoned by everyone and nobody wants to sign with him. I hope so. That'd be good. It's really funny. Uh, They thank Cornette by literally putting their hats back on and then kicking him in the ass. And I have no recollection of the storyline. Just like the Looney Tunes on the way back. He like he like with hot feet like stomps stomps his way back up the ramp, selling his butt. Cool. Like nobody cared about (laughs) this. No, I didn't even remember this happened. Me neither, and I really don't care that I don't remember it. It doesn't matter. Time for the slam of the week now, which is Brett shoving down Vince and going on that famous tirade. You know, your stones are so cold, frustrated, all that. And as always, I love the whole thing. Yeah, it's the best Raw ending ever. Like, literally best go-home show. It's so good. It is. Back to Shotgun Challenge now, where we go back to Raw from last week, where Owen and Davey were taking on the underrated headbangers, but they decide for no real reason to get into an argument instead while Earl Hebner keeps getting in the way. Bulldog thankfully shoves Earl down and the bell rings. Owen and Bulldog continue to have words and shove each other before Davey lands a double leg. Bunch of punches. They're rolling around now. Every ref runs out to break it up, along with Gerald Briscoe, Rene Goulet, and even Dave Hebner. In a suit? In a suit? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. The King blames. He's funny here. This is all your fault, JR and Vince. Like, blaming McMahon and JR for stirring shit up. Yeah, and Vince seems way too happy about yeah. It's like, look at that! They're fighting, that's great! It's like, what? Yeah, they were instigators. Remember JR would keep, like, cutting them off in the aisle when they're trying to enter? Yeah. Like, is it true there's dissension? It's like, shut up! <laughs> like, why are you making it worse? Yeah! Why do you want them to, like, it's like you yeah. want them to break up because right. they're heels. Asshole. Yeah. So we get an Owen sucks chant ringing out here as Owen grabs Mike and tells Bulldog he's sick and tired of his crap. Bulldog, I'm sick and tired of your crap! This is very Owen. This whole thing. It's like, you stink. Yeah. And Owen says, he's the only reason Bulldog even has been a champion. And he's the captain of that team, Quinn. Yes, Owen is the captain. So let me explain this, right? See, I would have thought Bulldog. And I'll explain why. Okay. I know exactly why. Owen, if you recall, back at uh, WrestleMania 11, Owen formed the team with Yokozuna. Yes, he did. This was Owen's idea. Brought him in. He was the captain with Yokozuna. Then Yokozuna, you know, obviously he didn't show up for that tag title defense or whatever. Well, at, at, um, or whatever that Owen is, didn't right? Show Owen up. didn't show up. But, you know, it's still that um, whatever. Well, Bulldog had joined Kemp Cornette. But this, this had started, that started the Bulldog, like, injection into this uh-huh, team, right? Okay. So the team continues, and then Bulldog replaces Yoko because, remember, the forklift and all that <laughs> shit. So, but the thing is, is Owen was still the, he, you know, he was, this was always his team. Oh, okay. So you're saying so, that he replaced Yoko? Yes, he replaced Yoko, but Bulldog's just coming into a situation where Owen was already the captain. So technically, Owen was always the captain. And he's not wrong by pointing that out. Very nicely explained. But it's all connected to WrestleMania 11, I'm just saying. Good job. I like it. Uh, Owen challenges Bulldog because he wants a European title shot. And Bulldog says, I don't care if Owen won the Slammies because I beat you far and square in Berlin <laughs> for the European Championship. And then Bulldog just stumbles all around on his words. But basically, the bottom line is, yeah, he'll fight Owen. So you better... Get in line and get his team, keep yourself in order, Owen. And I'm going to admit, when this happened, I was 100% uh, in support of Bulldog turning face again. I think everybody was. Yeah, yeah. No, that was the point. Yeah. I loved it. And Owen says he's going to kick Bulldog's butt before leaving. I love this. And this sets up the beginning of the Heart Foundation. Yes. I'm like, the next Raw. Yes, this is the this where is, Brett this is runs the, out. the hug where Brett gives the look during the hug. And Owen. All I love you. Yeah. And then look. Now they're, the all, look. they're all friends after like so great. fucking since 1994 arguing with each <laughs> yep. other. Like it's just good. in one 
in one segment it's all done away it's like, awesome yeah it really is it's really really funny too but right now let's go back to the chin room quinn uh, do we really need doc butting in again <laughs> to annoy us like haven't we had enough yes i have also i noticed that doc still has the wrestlemania the arcade oh yeah machine. he's got it there it's <laughs> one, yeah it's still there still there that's not even their newest game anymore i'm like, surprised the big daddy cool um standy thing isn't back there too like they forgot to take it out yeah. and the undertaker with the mask on oh Stan god D. stop yeah, like all these doc things uh, uh he again hypes up in your house of course and then chants lod all annoyingly <sighs> before throwing to a promo from the legion of doom so animal of course yells as usual Hey, they have the, like the black version of their spikes. I noticed, Did you that. notice that. Yeah, is not this the like red. the conversion to LOD two thousand or something? No, like slowly, that's a year slowly. later. LOD two hundred. Yeah. Uh, Hawk talks about how they've been reading up on their cannibalism, and he's like, "You don't like it? We don't care." Um. Okay. What is this? The fuck is wrong with him? He's like, you know, we might eat you at yeah. the end or something. Literally, like, no, what? we might eat you. But excuse me, Can they just go back to nineteen eighty eight. I don't know what they're talking about. Like <laughs> that's not how wrestling works. They stink in ninety seven. They're bad. They're really, really bad. They're just so out of place. Uh, yeah. Uh, Doc again chants LOD. LOD! LOD! <sighs> I hate this. I hate it. And he's like, LOD! Yes, L-O- so shut stop up. it! He's horrible! Aren't they supposed to be impartial, these interviewers? I like, don't know. They're not supposed to be faces, Doc right? Is, Doc is just, he's just the worst. Yep. Uh, speaking of people that no one likes, the Toddster now does a voiceover, you know, in his serious voice. Right. Toddster after Doc, of <laughs> yeah, course. I know. Uh, for the next Raw, where The Rock is going to be facing Bret Hart, Owen's going to be taking on the Bulldog, and Goldust is going to be facing Triple H. Monday Night Raw, this Friday on... <laughs> what? Yeah, on, on Sky? Sky yeah. wait, so is this during the... Wait, is this beca- happening because that's just how Sky was, or is this yes. happening because of some weird, no, like, no, no. preempted by tennis or some shit? Raw was on Fridays on, in England. On they Sky. got it a week after, like, practically. Yeah, like, five days later. How did they not get spoiled on, like, Raja.com or whatever? <laughs> like, how did that not happen? Maybe it did. Let us know. UK fans, let us know. Did you get any spoilers on your uh, PC there, on your on your Pentium 1? I mean, literally, that, to me, it's not even a spoiler at that point, because it's, like, a week. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's, like, it's just they're reporting on, like, what happened. Yeah, I know, right? Like, on the, like, when it aired. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, back to Shotgun Challenge now, where Hysteria... Is taking on Venom. Honestly, I thought these were going to be midgets. Yeah. That like there was like a clip before, like that they're going to be like on here. Yeah, and the clip like I don't know if it was like squash. It was very or, fast too. Yeah, it was very quick, and I I just thought that they were like you know mini the minis, like, the mini people, and yeah. it's not. They're like full grown like like psychosises fighting each other. Psychosi. Yeah, it's, it's weird. they look like Power Rangers. They do. Like, it's really strange. Now I heard in the background very vague USA chants when this started. <sighs> That's nice. Uh, lots of Lucha Libre flippy shit, though. No one even remotely cares. Who are these people? Like, I'm, who are they? They're not... I don't ever remember them in WCW. No, they're from AAA. Uh, I never... I didn't look them up. I'm not going to pretend that I did. I've never heard of these so, people. No, what I haven't either. One of them's like Pentagon, like, Junior. I'm not kidding, because one of them is a little tubby, like, Pentagon Junior. No! Like, young you Pentagon. So? Like I'm Young just, Pentagon. Yeah, I'm just saying. I don't know if Was Venom- he ever Venom or... What's the other one's name? Uh, hypnosis, psychosis, yeah. hysteria, one of hysteria. them. Hysteria, yeah. And anyway, Venom goes up top of a corkscrew moonsault that misses, so Hysteria does one, which also misses. 
Nobody cares. None of this fucking matters. None of it, these guys seriously. aren't. These guys are barely canon in WF. <laughs> they like, don't exist. <laughs> How is this real? And then Kevin Kelly starts fantasy booking. He's like, "Hey, let's put Ray Rougeau in there with Hysteria." Like, what? Yeah, and he's like, "No, I am retired." Uh, Power Mountain gets two for Hysteria. As we talk about Steve Austin again, top rope hard Karana by Venom is blocked. As Ray Rougeau says, "You gotta respect Stone Cold's toughness," and that's the bottom line because Ray Rougeau said so. And that's the bottom line because Ray Rougeau. What is this? What is, what is any of this? I don't know. Venom tumbles to the outside, and Hysteria misses a dive by like 10 feet. It's so sloppy. Really bad. Asai Moonsault by Venom from the apron. About five people care, and another five are asking who Rey Mysterio, which one's Rey Mysterio, like that kind of thing. They're yeah, like, seriously. Like, what is this Rey? Is, is that, um, is that him? Is that psychosis? Yeah, is like, that Hooventude? Yeah, like literally, they're they don't just, know. They're like clones. Yeah, no, it's poor folks. Yeah. It's very generic. All you hear in the audience is like, <laughs> terrible. Both men back in hysteria with the flying head scissors. Springboard drop kick to send Venom outside. That looked good, but again, who are these people? N- like, none of this matters. I know. Like, why does it matter? I, it doesn't matter. It's not even good either. This match isn't good. It's very sloppy. It's so sloppy. Because like, if you go to WCW, yeah, it's like, it's cool. It's much like more. It's just, it's just better. better. Yeah. <laughs> Hysteria heads all the way up top and lands a corkscrew moonsault to the floor. Uh, Quinn, does anyone care? No. <laughs> That's a cool looking move, yeah, too. I and know. like everyone's like, huh? This match yeah. is almost like now, where just yeah. a bunch of high spots that don't hit and yeah. everyone pops right back up. It's kind of sad, too, because these bad. guys are like risking their lives yeah, no, practically, and everyone's like, uh, Again, I respect when people take. No, risk. I respect I, I what do. they're doing. I just it also don't, is bad. I just feel like they're doing it be- like nobody's respecting no what they're cares. doing. So why should they care? Yeah, like, no you know one what cares. I mean? It's just poor. Few near falls for each guy here as Venom lands a standing moonsault for two. Corner whip by Venom, but he misses a charge. Hysteria lands a power bomb and then heads all the way up top and a four fifty, which is a called four, a, sh- a yeah. shooting star press, but it's a four fifty. A four fifty in nineteen ninety seven on WFTV. Zero reaction. Nothing. How? And no, I don't know. And on that note, we literally just sign off. Like, all right, well, that's it. Thanks and for being with us. Yeah, and they're like, <laughs> you know what my, the worst part about this was? It's like, they're fucking chuckling about, oh, look at that. That's funny. Like, it's like, <laughs> look at that stupid thing he did. Like, <laughs> look at that move. Okay. Steve Austin and The Undertaker, Matt yeah, they, they don't care. They, no one cares. It's amazing. And that's the end of the show. This was a really, really odd mix of, like, angles that literally nobody cared about. I'm talking, like, the new Blackjacks yeah. and this shit and Mankind and Aldo, but mixed with recaps of stuff that was obviously really good. So it's just a weird show, Quinn. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was interesting simply because it's just odd who worked for WF, like, on that, like, bottom tier of, like, they're like edge of the WWF people right like, like and it's just bizarre and it's like during this period of like transition and stuff we're heading into the Attitude like Era Barry Horowitz still works Aldo there Montoya yeah Ray Rougeau on commentary yeah so it was just one of those odd of these folks just Doc a, Doc uh, just a light way to kick off the season it wasn't a good show but it wasn't horrible just a nice easy way to kick off the season here ease you back into the uh, WWF right. reviewing and of course folks we want to remind you that next week you don't want to miss 182 because next week it's the first Royal flush of talkers so that will be hopefully as bad as the two that we put on today Mm -hmm. are good in the meantime if you want to support us don't forget pay-per-view reviews and so much more at patreon.com slash ovp podcast leave us a review on itunes apple Podcasts. follow us on twitter at ovp podcast but quinn that is it for this week folks we hope you have a great rest of your day have a great rest of your week until next time i'm joe Morata. that's michael quinn and we're out of here see ya
Shawn Michaels, boy toy. I think you should go back to the dress room and just get the hell out of my face. Uh-oh. You know me, Brett. I'm not real good with authority. By the way, how'd you know I was in that girly magazine? You couldn't help. You couldn't help yourself, could you? You had to flip through the pages just a little bit. Look out, wait a minute, Sean Michael's foul! Great on-card for Michael's knee! Great on-card for Sean Michael's knee! He's driving it to the post! No! He's driving it to the post now! Chop, 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 chop! Said the kitty, kitty, kitty.